This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's up, gang? Happy Friday. Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Hassan Remo with you for the next couple hours. Lots to get to from Winnipeg Jets training camp. We were both out there this morning, caught a bit of the scrimmage and the Team Steen groupings. And Ken Weeb will join us for his Friday visit, well hydrated from the ice plaques a little bit later on. Rick Bonus speaking over the course of the next hour. We do have a bunch of bonus to uh, play for you and discuss as well as comments from Jets General Manager Kevin Dayoff, who also spoke yesterday for the first time since training camp began. Ice are getting going this weekend, so we're going to have a quick pop in by our pal Brian Munns from the ice to tee up ice season as well. And with a big Sunday coming up in the National Football League, Friday means Hacksaw's NFL Notebook. We'll get that later on in the second hour of the program. And then, as you all know, Fire up the marbles. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel and join us uh, towards the end of the program, as I mentioned, for the world-famous WST Marble Race to finish off the week. Um, just before I bring Remus in, a big shout-out and thanks to the sponsors that power Winnipeg Sports Talk and make this show possible each and every day, beginning with Cool Bet Canada, Princess Auto and Not Auto Corp, along with Culligan Water, Wallace & Wallace, Vita Health, Consolidated Supply, Little Brown Jug, F Apparel, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Breezy Bend, and of course our friends over at Assiniboia Downs. Michael Remus, good to see you in person this morning down at the rink. How did you enjoy yourself at Jets training camp? Yeah, it was... Oh, shoot. Uh, my camera's not on. Hold on. Um, yeah, it was great, Huss. Um, sorry. I had to restart my computer. <laughs> it was great to be out there, though. I'll say that. Um you know, in person, seeing everything that we've basically been talking about here. So that was pretty cool. Um, I got my camera out, took some pictures. I'll throw them on our Instagram, so make sure you're following that. But uh, good to see the group when we saw Team Steen first. And then the scrimmage. And that scrimmage, uh, there was some uh, some weight being thrown around. Um, you got to see some nice plays. I saw Kyle Connor in a nice breakaway. So, uh, I mean, we're getting getting closer to game action. This is pretty awesome. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, it. It was fun to see. I mean, we saw the Howard Chuck group, or I saw the Howard Chuck group yesterday and then had to come back and do the show. Today got the other group today. Uh, and we got a chance to see many of the um, defensemen that you know we've talked a lot about. Um, Billy Hanela, Dylan Sandberg, Brendan Dillon, Neil Pionk. And I have to say, and this is almost a carbon copy of what we were talking about last year at this time, Brendan Dillon was crushing dudes today. Um, he had a big collision with Adam Lowry in the corner. And, you know, Dillon left sort of smiling. I can tell you that there was not a smile on Adam Lowry's face with a few words after that. Uh, but, man, there was a, a, a excellent level of intensity. Um, and once again, the pace of Rick Bonus's training camp practices was very, very much apparent. And um, it was our first chance. And we just mentioned Kevin Stenland. Stenny and the Jets, as we uh, had some fun uh, that the Jets social media team put out earlier on. Um, if you didn't know and you just saw the side of Stenland, he's wearing number 28, you might think number 26. I mean, he's the size of Blake Wheeler. He's got the same sort of hair. 
I'm not sure whether he'll be able to do on the ice what uh, the former captain has done so far, but he was an interesting pro- intriguing prospect. And I also thought uh, Melanin, uh, the uh, the uh, the Finn that they signed in the offseason, sort of stood out yesterday, obviously on a very busy and stacked blue line. But um, overall, it was neat. And then the training camp scrimmage today started off right away with 1v1. Shifley, Ehlers, Connor going up against Dubois, Perfetti and Wheeler. Um, and again, a real good level of intensity to that scrimmage. And I think it sets up for what should be a real fun day tomorrow for Winnipeg Jet fans that are taking in the festivities at the Fan Fest, which is going to be getting uh, going on tomorrow at 9 a.m. There's gonna, there's, you could already tell there are intense preparations in and around the Iceplex footprint for all the fans that will be there tomorrow. A number of neat interactive displays outside uh, but, of course, the big show is what's happening on the ice right now. And it's been really interesting to see just how different things have looked under Rick Bonus for the first couple of days of camp. Yeah, I think it's kind of refreshing for the guys. It's not going through the motions, same old, same old. It's something new, I think. And, again, we've heard this from players going down the stretch that I don't know how much they were buying into some of the strategies. You just We always mention Andrew Kopp talking about lo- taking out the lawn chairs on the penalty kill. I mean, this team would sit back. And just let Helly um, get take shot after shot. And uh, Rick, Rick Bonus day one, talking about being aggressive. You saw that in some of the drills, um, you know, in the neutral zone, applying pressure. He's talking about activating uh, the defenseman. His line yesterday was, our D are coming, so watch out. Mentioning how few points uh, their defense had compared to other defenses around the league. And, I mean, you look at a team like Colorado, not exactly the biggest guys, but they have guys who can move the puck uh, like Kale McCarr, Devontae, Sam Gerrard. I'm not saying any, we have a Kale McCarr here, but you're just seeing how, you know, D are getting more active into the play and Rick Bonus seeing that around the league and trying to preach that here. And they did put up the schedule for FanFest and it did look look pretty exciting around there. They had, a, what, a street hockey thing in front of the Iceplex. Um, bunch of uh, posters and stuff lying around. They're going to have here, I can you know, pull out the schedule. They tweeted out, I've been waiting. I've been like eagerly waiting for this. Um, what's it called? Schedule. The, yeah, every uh, every time Jets PR or the Jets send out an email or a notification, Remus gets all fired up and then uh, we've moved on. Yeah. But this is going to be neat. I had a great chat with Sarah Orleski this morning who's enjoying her new gig. I know she'll be interviewing a number of players uh, including, I believe, Blake Wheeler tomorrow, which should be quite interesting. Um, but as you can see, 9.30 a.m., I believe Sarah's going to be doing all these interviews. I could be wrong. I know she'll be doing some Busy. of them. Chaz Lucius, Cole Perfetti, and Dylan Sandberg. Uh, a little bit with Dave uh, Dave um, uh, Cameron. Um, Moose head coach Mark Morrison and Jimmy Oligny, uh, the captain. Uh, and then Kevin Dayoff and the highlight of the show, 11.15 our guy, Adam Party, back in the peg with the organization, the party dangle in person, along with Eric Fair and Derek Meach. Uh, and then you've got Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor, and Nikolai Ehlers at noon, um, 12.15, Jeff Malott, Declan Chisholm, and Johnny Kovacevic. And that will be phenomenal. I mean, I have not, we haven't spoken with Declan Chisholm before, but Jeff Malott and Johnny Kovacevic are two 
of the my favorite guys that we have ever interviewed since we started Winnipeg Sports Talk. I mean, both of those guys were so gracious with their time and really, really neat, well-spoken young men. So I think if people hadn't heard that before, I think they'll get, uh, you know, a real interesting look at a couple guys that could be, you know, big parts of this team's future. And then afterwards, you have uh, another one which will be very interesting. Pierre-Luc Dubois, Adam Lowry, and Blake Wheeler. That's the 1 o'clock interviews. Um, Jimmy Roy and our guy Nolan Baumgartner, who's back with the Manitoba Moose, and then uh, the man they call Bones, Rick Bonus, at 1.30 p.m. Um, so listen, if you haven't already, make plans to get out there. I mean, I, I do know because of limited capacity, it was a ticketed event. I know many season ticket holders have tickets. and um, But anyways, it should be neat. And I will say this, even if it's not for FanFest, if you have the opportunity to get down to the Iceplex, it's completely free. There's a good turn of fans today. And uh, I think if people have sort of been stuck in last year and the last few years, you just get out there and you get a real feeling that, um, you know, this is sort of a new start and a new beginning under a new head coach. And hopefully we'll have some different results than last year. But uh, I just know that I'm sick and tired of talking about last season, Remo. And I think a lot of people around the organization are as well. And it's all systems go under Rick bonus right now down at training camp. Yeah, I agree with you. We've, We've done last year. I'm I am sick of talking about how how shitty it was. Uh, it's been put to bed. Like we're done. It's in the past, and we're moving forward this year. It's a new year, and you know they haven't lost a game yet, undefeated. And I, <laughs> I, I think it's it's definitely exciting. Look, I know it's a lot of the same players, but you hear some of the stuff from bonus, and we have all the clips from yesterday. I know he's talking today, uh, pretty shortly, and we'll hear from Ken about that, but. Again, it seems like he's really addressed a lot of issues with the team in, um, in terms of maybe systems and attitudes or whatever it is. And they're trying to change that, trying to be positive, trying to, trying to change the style of play. And, you know, to hear Mark Shifley say earlier this week, we played it on this show on 32 Thoughts, saying, you know, the why with the systems. I think when you have that why understood, maybe you get more buy-in and... We want to see if are we going to see a different Mark Shafley this year? Uh, you know, he mentioned uh, the question yesterday was, "Who are you looking forward to?" See? I said, "Pionk." I think he's going to have a bounce back here, and also, I think the the battle of training camp clearly. I think there's no debate is the or the biggest question other than you know how is they going to react to the new coach? But what's going to happen with this defense? Because you have five veteran D locked in. There was one spot for three guys or even four guys because what well, you got Logan Stanley, Stillen Sandberg. Billy Hainala, I mean, Declan Chisholm has, you know, great season last year with the Moose, got into a game, Johnny Kovacevic as well. So, I mean, what's going to happen with these with these defense? And that's something we're going to be watching uh, as training camp well, goes on. And, and um, a little later on, we'll have some comments from Kevin Chevaldeoff, who, of course, was asked about that. And mm -hmm. listen, I mean, as always, is somewhat coy. I mean, I don't think they're going to lay out the complete blueprint of, uh, but it was clear that, listen, more change is still possible. And I think plenty of things can happen both here in Winnipeg and around the league before we get to the opening day of the season. Um, all right, we're going to get to uh, to Munzee coming up in a few minutes. Uh, but let's hear from Rick Bonus first off before Brian comes in, and then we'll get to Kevin Chevaldeoff, and we'll talk all about it with Ken, as well as everything that happened today at training camp. Um, first off, just here's Brick Bonus on uh, day one of camp with his new team. Yeah, no, it's uh, we started the day off with video of what we're going to work on in practice. 
and then we just set up the drills that would just reinforce what we're talking about in the video. So we're throwing a couple of new systems, different systems at them in the neutral zone, and uh, from the, just watching it, very happy with it uh, for the first day. Uh, so again, that's what we're working on. Um, Today was fortunately mostly neutral zone. Tomorrow we'll work on the D zone, and on Saturday we'll work on the four check. So the, we've, we've, we sent out video early this week on all the three zones of the, of the systems that we're going to implement to, to try to get, like, details are very important. So the, the earlier they looked at it, the better. And it, it showed today because I thought they were picking up on it pretty quick. All right, so there's Rick Bonus on day one of camp, and... You know, I'll say this. I talked to a bunch of people from the organization just over the last couple of days, and um, the differences are being felt right now, I can tell you, uh, with the players, uh, with the way things are set up, with the – and it maybe comes down to mostly the communication level that Rick Bonus seems to have with his players. He was working with a number of, um, of players, both, you know, veterans – as well as younger players explaining to them, you know, both the systems and then working on, you know, with a couple of the defense and Madeline in particular had a, you know, a, a, I saw about a 30, 45 second conversation where Rick was, you know, working on some technique stuff with him as well. Um, one of the things though, that really did stand out was the pace, the speed at which they were playing. And much of that comes from the more aggressive style that Rick Bonus wants his team to play. Uh, Bonus was asked and commented a little bit on uh, the aggressive style he's looking to instill in the Winnipeg Jets. We think we're a good skating hockey team, and we're going to use we're going to use that. And we like to use the term "play on our toes." We're not big on sitting back. We're not big on standing still. So we want to see the movement. If we're a good skating team, then let's use it to our advantage. Let's use it to put pressure the opposition. Use use it to make it a little harder for us to be played against. All right. So that you know, kind of get is a nice synopsis of the overall play of the club of what Rick would like to instill in his team. Um, but there's also been a lot of talk about the defense and a more aggressive defense, having them be more active and try and get more offense from a defense that I believe only had 24 goals last year. Um, Bones talked about uh, his D being coming. Oh, listen, they only got 24 goals out of the D last year. We're, we're, we're going to do a lot more than that. Our D are coming. And, you know, so part of the education process is for the forwards to understand that our D aren't going to sit here and wait for a forward to go. If our D can go, they're going. And it's the forwards' responsibility to play defense until that guy gets back. But we're not going to hesitate. Our D can skate. They're mobile. 24 goals from your defense in this league is not good enough. It's not. We have to improve on that. So our D are going to have the green light to go. And the big part of that is educating your forwards. You see a D ahead of you, you're a defenseman until he gets out. All right. So Rick Bonus a little bit more his uh, defensive philosophy in the offensive zone. Um, uh, lots of talk about the lines. I mentioned yesterday it was quite fun to be around Mike and uh, Ken and the guys when the first lines were revealed at camp and the, uh, the, the tweet started flying. Uh, but Rick Bonus just talked about the lines that he set up to start Winnipeg Jets training camp. 
Uh, the forward lines are, are different than the D pairs. We, we broke up the veteran Ds or give them with the younger D so we can we can look at the younger D. They're playing with a veteran. We, we'll get a better look on them. Up front, um, we're try we'll, we'll get to the forward lines probably quicker than the defense pairings. Uh, but right now we want to look at all our D and give them a, give the young guys a veteran to play with and see if we can help them out. But again, it goes back to getting a lot more out of our defense. Um, but the Shifley line, we wanted to see what that looks like. you got very three very creative guys that can make plays. Uh, Perfetti, he's a young kid. He's not the biggest guy out there. He needs some size to, to play with him. So you've got uh, Doobie and you've got Wheels, two big, strong guys that are reliable. Uh, the Lowry line, you know, and we'll, just, we'll figure out the rest as we go along. This is the first day I saw a lot of those guys play. So yeah, we're going to need some time. All right, Rick Bonus on uh, the lines for a camp. And, you know, I guess it's sort of a nice transition into Bonus's answer on the competition that he wants to see in camp as well as competition for spots in his lineup when the regular season begins. Listen, we, we missed the playoffs last year, so it's wide open. Everything goes for me. Got a new coaching staff who hasn't seen a lot of these guys. Uh, so anyone comes in here thinking, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, is a given. That's not a given. We missed the playoffs, so we got a new staff. So let's. Uh, we're going to give everyone a good look. And the guys that we see and hear about and see good things in practice, we're going to give them a good look. All right, a little more Rick Bonus here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. And Remo, hop back in here for a sec. We'll get to these other clips. I, I, I have to say, listening to Rick talk. Um, is it not just refreshing to, to hear him speak and the way he speaks and, and frankly, what he's saying? Um, I think most Jet fans realize that there is talent in this room, but he makes a very good point. When you fall as short of your goals as the team did last year, nothing can be guaranteed and nothing sure as hell should be taken for granted. And it seems like that has been a message right from the day these players walked in the door. Just because you were there, or you had a certain role last year, doesn't mean that that'll be the case this year. No better example of last Friday's decision to move on from Blake Wheeler as captain. Um, and I think that's what we've been wanting to hear for a long time, a little bit more accountability and decisions based on merit, not necessarily history with the club and the org. Yeah, I, he's saying stuff that's getting me um, excited. And I feel like he's really addressed, I, guess, I may have said this before, but addressed issues with, you know, maybe why didn't they make the playoffs and really changing the style. The time of learning this new aggressive system, um, you know, getting deactivated. We'll see about how special teams looks different. We talked about that before the start of the training camp, but I mean, we didn't have a lot of uh, excitement in terms of roster moves, but maybe this coaching move is going to be the change that gives this team, you know, kicking the kicking the ass and um, propels them towards a playoff spot. Uh, maybe they just were, you know, kind of complacent. It was kind of same old, same old the last couple of years, and and now you have a new coach. You know, it's everything's new, different, exciting. You hear from the players and from Rick how much. Uh, you know, they want to be like a family, how much they care for each other. And, you know, if if things break right, you know, they could, you know, with that division where you have, you know, you can beat up on Chicago and Arizona, it might certainly help you get towards a playoff spot. And we were just talking in chat yesterday. I mean, if those 
overtime losses to Dallas last year, you know, swing the other way. And these are coin flip overtimes against Dallas. You know, maybe they are in the playoffs, but they didn't make it. Um, we know that they can be better. They did lose, you know, Stasdy and Cop and really haven't replaced that offense. That is definitely a, a bit of a concern, but uh, they, they still have some elite players on this team and a pretty solid defense. And maybe the, you know, they can keep the puck on that, keep, you know, more shots away from Connor Hellbuck with this new style. I'm, I'm definitely uh, interested to see how this one's going to go. Yeah, I'll say this. And I know I mentioned at the start, like, you know, nobody wants to talk about last year anymore. I mean, that has been beaten to death yeah, for obvious done. reasons. But you really do feel um, that, you know, there's a, a lot of, uh, it's a fresh a atmosphere around this team. I mean, many of the players are the same. Um, but, you know, both Rick Bonus, Scott Arneal, very active is out there. Brad Lauer, Marty Johnson. Um, so and we'll see how big of an impact that this coaching staff can make. But as I said, I do think that there are a number of players that will need to, you know, elevate their their game regardless of what style of hockey the team is playing or who they're playing with. Um, but as I said, to start off, considering how sort of gloomy it was amongst much of the fan base, I think people are uh, slowly but surely getting excited again for this upcoming season. And uh, of course, remember, we've got preseason action already coming up on Sunday. Yeah. Who's, now I did who's calling see, the game. I, do we know? I think waiters was, I think waiters <laughs> was asking us, how do we not know the play-by-play -play guy so far? Uh, guys, uh, I'll say it is this. I mean, we've all expected it to be Dan Robertson after he resigned from the Habs last year. Last and week. I, uh, and early last week. Yes. Excuse me. Um, so I'll be stunned if that is not the name that is announced. And we did hear rumblings earlier today um, that they may very well make that announcement at some point later on today. So that is certainly who I'm expecting to hear be the new voice of the club. And um, it'll be very interesting to see who fills the role, the huge shoes left by our good friend Sarah Orleski. Um, so anyways, I, I think we'll probably hear the, about that later on today. Uh, they don't have much more time to do it. And for those people saying the Jets haven't announced it, this is a TSN decision. TSN is the broadcaster. They pay the money to do that. So um, if you're looking to who to be, I don't, I don't know why anyone would be mad. That people they are mad. Get this information they want to know. Long they want to know the play-by-play -play voice. <laughs> How do we not have it? The game is in two days. Speaking of play-by-play -play voice, we did get a special guest star appearance at camp by Dennis Bayak. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the I, the first thing that we all did was joke that, good God, yeah. that's Dennis Bayak's music. Dennis is back. Dennis, yeah. I don't... He was back there, but I don't think he's getting back in the booth. That was that was not the case. It wasn't a a Tom Brady esque unretirement after a great summer. I thought it was going to be Dennis was there second day of training camp. I thought they're going to put out the release. It was just going to be the white piece of paper that says "I'm back, Dennis Bayak." You know, waited all all off season or all off season to hear who it was, and he's no no. That's not. I don't think that's the case. So, but it was nice to see Dennis shook his hand, said hi. Uh, great, great to see him out there for sure. He looks great. He could still do it, but I think he and Bev are going to have some fun uh, with a little bit of time. By the way, thank you very much, Mike Allison Coaching, for the super chat. Appreciate it, Mike. Thanks so much for being with us. Um, by the way, we're pushing 400 people in the chat right now. Uh, let's get uh, let's get some likes there. Thumbs up, folks, and uh, make sure you have subscribed to the channel. Hit that red button if you're new. Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk. We're here every day live on YouTube between 1 and 3 p.m., 
and make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you're not able to join us on YouTube, listen in your car on the way home via Bluetooth. Usually new episodes in by about 3.30 after we get off the air. Um, much more on the Jets, a little bit more from Bones, and we'll also hear from Kevin Sheveldayoff and Kenny Weeb going to join us from the Iceplex coming up in uh, less than half an hour, I'd say. We're going to get ready for ice season. Brian Munn's joining us in just a second. Before we do that, a big thanks and welcome to our newest sponsor, the fellas over at Consolidated Supply. Listen, we love all of our sponsors, but it's particularly great to get new sponsors on board that are Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners. And Joe and Spicy and the gang have uh, been longtime listeners, and it's just great to get them on board. Very involved in the golf business. Of course, my guy Gene Turk kind of handling the golf side and the golf cart business. If you have any needs of golf carts, start your search at Consolidated Supply. Not just for golfing, potentially warehouse vehicles. They are the club car dealer for Manitoba. Um, so if you need a six-seater for a warehouse or more, they've got everything. Pop down and find out a little bit more. Uh, and then, of course, artificial turf and DIY irrigation solutions as well for to keep your natural lawn looking as great as possible, like something you'd see on the golf course, or to take care of uh, you know the grass that won't grow in tough spots or that can't withstand your pet's waste. Maybe you want a new putting green in the backyard. They'll take care of that as well. And in addition to tricking out that backyard, uh, hot tubs, outdoor kitchens, barbecues, and more, they've got it all. Check them out online, cte.ca, or pop down and see the fellas at 1395 Niaqua Road East. That is consolidated supply. Um, our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market, busy heading into the fall because Manitobans and Winnipeggers want great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, and they find it seven days a week at Vita Health Fresh Market. And listen, you're also supporting a great local company, Trailblazers in the industry, family-owned and operated since 1936, with Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products as well. And hey, with Back to School here, stop by any Vita Health store for great school-friendly snacks and lunch items, as well as great immunity products like vitamin C and D. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.ca. And like Remo and a few other of our listeners who've had great experiences working with their friends at Wallace and Wallace. I always thought Wallace and Wallace was the kings of fencing, which they absolutely are. You've seen their fences and trucks all around the city. But what you might not know is that they also work with Clopay, the largest garage door manufacturer in the world. And despite supply chain issues, you can still get a beautiful new garage door delivered and installed within four weeks, just in time for the turn of the season and into the busy holidays. Speaking of doors, you know the new garage door can add up to 4% to the value of your home. And there's 161 styles of garage doors to choose from. So there's certainly a style that's right for your home. Find out more online at wallacedoors.com. Give them a call or pop down and see them in person and talk to one of the experts at Wallace and Wallace down at their showroom on Lawson Road. And hey, a big shout out to our friends at Aikens Lake. And they've got about one more week before they're off the water, but they're already planning for a massive 2023. Find out more at AikensLake.com about planning an incredible fly-in fishing trip where you can be on the water in less than two hours from the city of Winnipeg. And hey, as great as the fishing is, and it is, 
the five-star hospitality and wonderful people at Aikens is what really makes the Aikens experience what it is. Aikenslake.com and on the social media channels over at Aikens Lake. All right, let's talk some hockey. The Winnipeg Ice, highly touted heading into the season after a great 21-22 campaign. Voice of the Ice and our good friend Brian Munns joins us now. Ready to kick off the season tomorrow. Munzee, what's going on? How are you? All I heard was guests of Winnipeg Sports Talk get a free putting green in their backyard. <laughs> yeah. That's all I heard. That's right. We'll get you we'll get you down to the consolidated supply fellas okay. and see what they can do. Perfect. You do. You are a guy of everyone that I know that could benefit and would probably be spending half their time on that putting green in the backyard. Would probably be you, Munzee. Maybe we can make something happen. That being said, no time for golf right now because you oh. are back to work. Uh, how excited are you to get it back in the booth and uh, see what this very talented ice team has for us coming up this season? Well, you know what will be big on opening night? I've got Kevin Olszewski coming on the road. It is Whoa. a road trip tomorrow to Brandon for the two of us. So, yeah, you know what? It's great to be back uh, in the routine. Obviously, had a fantastic summer again with Golf Manitoba and a lot of uh, different community events with the Winnipeg Ice. But, uh, you know, the chatter, and you referenced it right there, is everybody's like, wow, that was a lot of fun last year. How good is it going to be this year? And uh, you know what? We're all excited to see what this young group of players, now there's four guys that are still away right now at NHL training camp, Matthew Savoy's in Buffalo, Connor Geeky's with the Arizona Coyotes, and both Mikey Milton and Carson Lambos just down the highway in Minnesota. So those four unavailable for a 7 o'clock start tomorrow night at West Toba Place. But uh, since watching this team come together on the 1st of September through training camp and the four preseason games, uh, you could tell the last practice today they were itching, they were ready to go, and uh, very much looking forward to uh, tomorrow night's tilt against the Wheat Kings. Now, Munzee, uh, you mentioned the four players that are NH at NHL camps, and I know from the organization standpoint, everyone would love to see these young men make the club right now and go on to be NHLers right now. That being said, I think there's a good chance that some or all of them could be back playing on a stacked ice team. That will remain to be seen, but going into this game tomorrow night against the Yawedis, without those players in the lineup... Who are the young men that might get a bigger opportunity to show what they can do outside of the shadows of some of the highly drafted prospects already within the club? Yeah, you know what? Uh, they've got a lot of great young talent that uh, the team's been able to draft and develop over the last few years. Uh, Owen Peterson is back from Nashville. Connor McLennan's back from the Colorado Avalanche. And Ben Zelotti's back from uh, his time with Arizona. So those are the three 20-year-olds that will be in the lineup. Uh, Zach Benson, obviously, is expected to be a top 10 pick in the NHL draft this year. You're going to hear a lot of Benson and Connor Bedard of the Regina Pats at the same time uh, all season long. So, um, you know, just based on what we've seen in practice, you would expect that uh, Peterson, McLennan, and Benson might start tomorrow on the same line against Brandon. If they do, it could be one of the most exciting lines in all of Canadian junior hockey, not only here in the East Division with the ice, but uh, across the nation. So uh, intrigued to see what happens there. But, you know, there's a lot of really good players. And I guess for every team, it starts in net, right? So Daniel Hauser is back from last year, led the league with a 2.0 goals against average. He had eight shutouts. Gage Alexander was moved in the offseason to Swift Current. So there's a battle for the number two right now between Keegan Maddox and Dawson Cowan. But, uh, this is Daniel Hauser's team. There's there's no doubt about it in net. And 
He's fully recovered from a little bit of a mishap in the offseason. He broke his ankle when uh, he was out running. So that's why you and I don't run. Uh, we didn't <laughs> break our ankles. So uh, for for Daniel Hauser, he's ready to go. He got into the last preseason game against Regina, and uh, you know he's had a really good week of practice. So we're excited to see him. Evan Friesen, Skyler Bruce, obviously a couple of Winnipeggers will be able to jump up the lineup a little bit here. Uh, Aiden Noring is a really good young player. They uh, they saw last year, and uh, you know are expected to to have a big impact here on probably their top nine down the middle. He's uh, he's a stocky little center iceman that can uh, some make some things happen. He was really good in the preseason campaign. And then you know, they brought in five guys as well from other teams that have Western hockey experience uh, over the summertime and, and leading into training camp here to try and fill some of those voids of some of those older players that moved on last year or, or graduated into pro. So it's, uh, it's a deep group that uh, you're right. We hope we don't see those guys, uh, you know, at some point, we hope we all get to watch Savoy and Geeky and Lambos and Milne on television. But, uh, boy, it'd be fantastic to have them all back here, too. Well, and I think a lot of that is expected, and that's part of the reason why the ice of the preseason number one team right. in the CHL. Um, James Patrick's played a lot of hockey, and he knows damn well that nobody wins anything on the first day of the season. What's his message? How has he handled the fact that there is a lot of hype and expectations about this team, knowing that... Uh, everyone's tied for first right now, and there is a long, long road that begins Saturday in Brandon. Well, he's got no interest in the top 10 because I sent it to him, and I said later on a couple hours ago, did you see it? And he said, no, I deleted it. So uh, <laughs> so you know what? From And I get it from a coach's standpoint, right? You don't want, you know, they've got the target on their back. You know, based on what they did last year and the returning players, they're, they're the one to beat, right? Like that's... This is where the bullseye is right now. And and it's great to have as an organization because it gets you on the map. And, you know, look at the excitement. You were there last year in the playoffs through the run through three rounds oh. against PA and Moose Jaw and Edmonton. Uh, they learned a lot last year against the Oil Kings. And, um, you know, it just kind of set the table for, for a really exciting season. So I guess for guys like you and I, you know, that want to talk about the team and, and get the word out there that there is such a great junior hockey franchise here in the city that, is getting ready now for year number four that uh, there's a, there's a team to come out and watch and there's a reason. So it's uh, it's fun for the upstairs offices where I am right now, but, but downstairs in the coach's office, the, uh, the hype doesn't get too big. Let's make sure that, uh, you know, the coach has everybody dialed into where they want to be. And, you know, the one word that he uses all the time is process and, you know, game one tomorrow against the branded Wheat Kings is the start to that. And, by the time we get to game 68, which lo and behold is against Brandon again, there'll be a lot of water underneath the bridge. There'll be a lot of uh, bus miles traveled, including a trip out to BC uh, for the first time in a few years coming up here in October as part of that uh, busy start outside of Wayne Fleming, the ice cave. So uh, it's oh. going to be fun. Let, let's get to that for a minute because you mentioned, uh, you know, the, all over the map. The Winnipeg ice are going to be all over the map. The first 14 games of the season are on the road. 13. I'm like, yeah. well, when, when can we look forward to seeing the ice? It's more than a month away. I, what does that do to the preparations for the season? And uh, it's going to be a hell of a way to get a large chunk of the road schedule done and play at the uh, comfy confines of the ice cave for a long time. Yeah. Uh, so it's 13. We don't want to stretch it to 14 that, uh, that we know about as of yet. 
Uh, you know what? It's it is what it is, right? There's uh, some maintenance going on inside the ice cave at Wayne Fleming Arena. It started last year in the playoffs, so it's uh, you know the Bisons are in the same situation right now. They're practicing here in the morning before the ice go uh, onto the surface for their practice. So as uh, as they say, it's kind of team bonding. It's you know gives them a really good chance to see what they've got. And with those four guys away at NHL camp, it opens the door here for a lot of these young guys to get a real good taste of what the Western Hockey League is all about. So it's it's also manageable. Like, it's not like you're leaving for 13 consecutive games over 31 or 32 days or whatever it would be. You know, they go to Brandon this weekend. They come back home. They've got a few days. Then it's out to PA, down to Swift Current, to Medicine Hat. Then they come home again. They've got some time. And then you've got the big trip that starts in Alberta and goes all the way down through British Columbia. And uh, a lot of these guys are from Alberta and BC and haven't, especially the BC kids, Zach Benson particularly, like these guys haven't had a chance to play in front of friends and family yet in their Western League careers. So it's pretty cool for the team to be able to get out there and see some new buildings, get uh, a new look at some new faces. and, uh, And again, do a little bit of team bonding and then come back home and, you know, for me, I think if if you look at 13 games, if if you can get what 20 to 22 points out of that, boy, you're off to uh, to a terrific start in what's going to be a very very tough division. Yeah, 11 and two in 13 road games. I think we'd uh, I think we'd take that. That's for sure. Yes. Hey, Brian, um, this has been fun, and obviously we'll catch up with you over the course of this road trip and look forward to the 29th of October when the Wheaties and ice will open the home schedule for the Winnipeg ice, but um, all the best to the club. Cannot wait to see how Zach Benson does in his draft year. And we'll be talking a lot about him and uh, bottom line. Hopefully we can uh, be talking about as many wins as this team put up last year and maybe take another step forward. Come playoff time. Have a great trip. Keep KO out of Joe Beavs and Shanks after the game tomorrow, huh? Only one man, Huss. <laughs> see you, pal. Take care. Say hi to Thanks for doing this. Brian Munn's voice of the Winnipeg ice and uh, yeah, Munzee and KO kicking off the season on the road tomorrow. You know where to get the games uh, on the radio AM dial towards the right side. Can't remember what the numbers are, but uh, great stuff for both Munzee and for Kevin O to get out there and really looking forward to ice season. All right. We're going to hear more from Kevin Shevel Dayoff in just a moment. Uh, but I do want to thank our friends at Not Auto Corp. And I guess we should get into the why not question of the day. And certainly this is for, uh, you know what, I was going to say impressions of camp right off the bat. Um, but I think for a why not question of the day, um, just your uh, fans, your feeling of moving on from last season. Um, you know, are, are you getting that vibe? Are you buying into it? Or are you still very skeptical like many fans were about this team as currently constructed going into the year. Hit us up in the comments if you're watching this afterwards. Certainly get us into the chat with the why not question of the day. And of course, our friends at Not Auto Corp are the place to go to begin your search if you're thinking about a new vehicle or upgrading your current one. Um, just an amazing selection of all makes and models at Not Auto Corp over at Waverly and McGilvery. And if there's a particular make and model or style of vehicle that you're looking for, that you've got your heart set on, 
Talk to the Knot experts. They'll get it here to Winnipeg and get you into it at the best possible price. Why not get into the car of your dreams? An incredible deal with the help of the Knot team. Pop down and see him, Waverly and McGilvery, and you can check them out online at knot.ca. Um, our friends at Royal Sports are ready for the season. Tons and tons of Jets gear and New Year coming in all the time. A great spot to pick up your blue and gold for Bombers, of course, back at home a week today. And uh, NFL, all 32 teams represented as well at Royal Sports. But with hockey season here, uh, you know, they've been the go-to spot for soccer, baseball, softball equipment all summer long. But now it's hockey time and Royal Sports is the hockey superstore family owned for over 35 years here in Winnipeg. Pop down to Royal Sports and get a jump on the competition. 750 Pemina Highway and check them out online at Royal Sports Pemina on Instagram for their latest merchandise drops and sale information. I know there's a lot of talk about the suit show coming up. We will Confirm a date, maybe over the course of the weekend, potentially next week, maybe for the opening of the season. But I can tell you, we are suited up from the fellas over at F Apparel. Uh, went through the entire process of popping down, talking to Andrew and his great staff about the style of suit I wanted, the colors, the fabrics. Um, pretty easy decisions. I didn't go too crazy. Um, but there's all sorts of neat things as well as li- uh, stylized liners for the suit that's totally up to you. Bottom line is the custom suits at F Apparel begin at just $400. Hey guys, everyone needs one suit that fits and looks great, especially as we head into the fall and the holiday season not too far around. Get dressed up at F Apparel, the leading spot for custom men's clothes in Winnipeg, 190 Smith Street downtown. Find out more online at F, that's E-P-H Apparel, or make an appointment to pop down and see the gang online as well. And, of course, our friends at Breezy Bend, we got the President's Cup going on right now. Uh, we've got both of, the, uh, both of the Canadians playing together today, Corey Connors and Taylor Pendrith. And, uh, man, I felt for Taylor Pendrith. Had a strong, strong day yesterday. Missed about an 11-footer on the final hole yesterday to lose their match. Uh, but overall, it's been a great event, great opportunity for the Canadians to uh, do something today. But unfortunately, as we were all expecting, this could be a rope by the United States. Uh, the U.S. leading all five matches right now down at Quail Ridge or Quail Hollow at the President's Cup. Find out more about Breezy Bend at breezybend.com if you're looking for a great long-time home for your family on the course at Winnipeg's top private clubs. All right, let's get Remo back in here. Remo, you're fired up about the ice, huh? It's going to be a great season. Yeah. I had so much fun at those games last year, and this team is stacked, especially. I know everyone's talking about Connor Bedard. Uh, If you're paying attention to draft prospects and rankings, you're going to be hearing a lot about Zach Benson's star of the ice. He will be a top 10 pick for sure, potentially a top five pick right now in a very, very deep draft coming up for the National Hockey League next summer. Yeah, I've I've seen uh, Zach Benson's name quite a bit. Bob McKenzie put out the rankings, and uh, Connor Bedard was number one. That was the big story on their side yesterday. And Regina coming in here, if you want to see him, uh, November 17 and 19. So um, I was planning on seeing him last year near the end of the season. The games kept getting canceled and rescheduled. It didn't work out. Not sure if I'll be available that time, but if you did want to see him, uh, some of the top prospects in the league and up and coming NHLers, 
Uh, great atmosphere at uh, Wayne Fleming Arena, U of M, a.k.a. the Ice Cave. And uh, a lot of people were asking us, how are they starting? How many games on the road? 13? 13 in a row on the Lucky road 13. to start the so, season. On the road. And Here, here's here's just a quick taste. This is where they go. So they start on Saturday in Brandon, then they come back home. Then they go out to PA, Swift Current, and Medicine Hat. And then they come back home. And then Regina, Moose Jaw, into Lethbridge, Prince George, BC, Victoria, Vancouver, Kamloops, Kelowna, and then five days to get back from the West Coast and begin their I home saw schedule. That. Oh, they got one more game in Brandon as well, and then a Saturday home opener are, against it. Uh, you don't you don't see that too often. Are they busing all the way to Victoria, or they take a plane? Well, I would imagine. Well, just because they're probably busing because they're going all the way. <laughs> like first they're in PA, then they're in Swift Current, Medicine Hat, Crazy. Regina. So. You're just sort of knocking it off, but getting further and further and further away from Winnipeg. We'll have to ask Munz about that, whether they do just do a whole, like basically a 24-hour bus ride back from uh, from the coast or do the players fly back? I'm not really too sure. Hey, it's junior hockey, man. Lots of time on the bus. Uh, but it could be an advantage for Winnipeg to get this massive trip out of the way early in the season and then spend the majority of the rest of the year back at home at the Ice Cave. Um, but listen, let's get back to the Winnipeg Jets, because I know we want to talk about some of this with Ken Weave, who's going to join us in a few minutes. Um, we had quite a bit, Remo, from the uh, general manager of the Winnipeg Jets as well yesterday. And let's just hear, let's start with 25 from Shevel Dayoff, who, um, you know, was asked about the summer overall, moves that were made, and, you know, maybe some moves that weren't. Uh, so certainly it was, um, you know, it was an interesting summer in, in, in many respects. I think, like I've said many times, every summer takes on its own life. And, and uh, you know, there's lots of different uh, nuances, uh, different conversations that, that you do have. You look at a lot of different options and um, sometimes things, you know, uh, you know, happen that you see a fit for and sometimes uh, you don't. And, and uh, the opportunities that are in front of us here right now for, for some of the, uh, the younger players here to take, uh, take hold and take charge and, um, you know, make their mark in the, in the National Hockey League is certainly right in front of us. All right, so there's general manager Kevin Sheveldayoff. He spoke yesterday after practice. Lots of talk about Blake Wheeler. There was the announcement a week ago today that he would not be the captain of the Winnipeg Jets this season, and they'd be changing the leadership group. Um, here's Sheveldayoff on his longtime, now former captain. So, you know, obviously at the end of last season, uh, there was lots of emotions that were running high. We didn't... Uh, uh, didn't achieve what we set out to achieve, um, you know, at the onset. And, and there was lots of tough conversations that were had by, um, you know, lots of different players, be it in exit meetings, be it, um, you know, with, with different representatives and, and different players. Um, and I think everyone, you know, was just looking to see, like, you know, what, what the future holds here. And, and uh, when you don't achieve what you want, you, you have to take hard looks at everything, and including, uh, and I think I said it to, 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 to some of you in, <clears throat> as well, that you might hear different names out there that you'd never heard in the past. And, and uh, again, obviously, um, those conversations that we had privately remain private. But, um, you know, obviously, when you have conversations with other general managers, names get out. All right, there's so uh, Shovel Dayoff talking uh, about names being out of some potential moves that were mentioned. Of course, Blake Wheeler was right there. Um, Chevy did also touch on Blake Wheeler not being the captain of the Winnipeg Jets this year. 
Yeah, so Blake is, uh, you know, is a heart and soul player. He's given his heart and soul to this organization, and, and um, you know, he he wears his emotion on his sleeve. It's 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 um, uh, you know, it's hard, obviously, leading a, a team for as long as uh, as he has led, and, and um, you know, again, it's it's uh, he's taken great pride in it. But I was really um, you know really proud of, of how he uh, answered the questions. Uh, you know, certainly, uh, and I know he's going to be a leader on this team. There's there, you know that doesn't uh, that doesn't change whether he has a letter on his jersey or not. And, and um, you know, I know that he's going to help uh, you know the people around him you know be that leader, and, and uh, I think it's going to help strengthen the organization. All right, so Kevin Day off on Blake Wheeler, and um, you know the change in leadership overall. Um, you know, I, I'll say this, and, and by the way, I know we played a few clips yesterday of the Wheeler interview with our old buddy Tim Stapleton and Chris Nyland on the Raw Knuckles podcast. You should all not only listen to that, watch the YouTube version of it um, because it is, it's a Blake Wheeler unlike we've seen maybe ever before. A little bit of cursing, which I'm sure won't be a big deal for most people, um, but it was very relaxed. It was very laid back, but it was also very honest. And um, I don't know, in a lot of ways, it, it was it just stands out because it's so different from anything we've heard from Blake Wheeler before. Um, I think a big part of it was the comfort level of being with a good friend of his and former teammate, as well as a guy that spent so much time in the National Hockey League like Chris Nyland. Uh, if you have listened to the whole thing, would love your thoughts in the comments here on YouTube uh, or, of course, in the comments or in the chat right now. Uh, but if you haven't listened to it and you've got the time on the weekend, make sure to do it because... Um, you know, I think it'll maybe give you a little bit of a look at a guy that has been a real focus and, um, you know, sometimes linchpin for this team over the last little while going into a new role, but still a very, very big part of this hockey team. Um, Blake Wheeler wasn't the only guy with questions coming out of last season. Mark Shifley was one of them. And Mark Shifley, of course, had the infamous end of season availability, which had many people wondering whether, you know, he was going to be a Winnipeg Jet this season. Um, Sheveldayoff was asked about that this summer for Shifley and, uh, you know, one of his players questioning the direction of where the team was going at the end of last season. Well, I think it's, it sends to me that they really care about, uh, um, you know, what is going on here. And, and um, I think, you know, again, you have one conversation, but then you have another, you know, as well when, um, you know, you, you, you make those decisions that we are going to move forward together. And, and um, it talks about, uh, you know, the fact that, um, they're, this group knows that you know there's something more to prove. You know, we sat here 12 months ago, and uh, the the emotions were were high, and everyone the expectations were extremely high. Uh, you know, and about four months ago, we had you know those tough conversations because we didn't achieve those goals. So, um, you know, the the conversations that have been happening lately are all about um, where do we go from here? Where do we you know what do we do here, and how do we uh, reach those expectations that we set out 12 months ago? All right, so um, there's Shevel Day off on Mark Shifley. You know, not just Shifley, but some of the other tough conversations, as they mentioned, they had at the end of last year's disappointing season. Uh, but Chevy did kind of get into the reasons for optimism within the organization, as well as for us uh, supporters of the team. Well, I think we had a seismic change on July 4th. I think when, you know, we changed, uh, you know, the coaching staff here, I think the philosophy, um, I think if you just watch, you know, even, the, um, you know, the uh, the drills today and, and saw, and, and, you know, you were, you were there, I'm sure, and watched the practice today and saw that there's lots of teaching. You know, there's lots of different systems. There's lots of uh, different ways that, you know, um, that, that things are going to be approached. And um, so that's a seismic change. Plus, 
you know, the roster isn't going to be the same. You know, there is going to be, you know, differences in it. There is going to be opportunities. And, and uh, in order to grow as an organization, you have to give opportunities to some players sometimes to spread their wings. All right, there's Kevin Sheveldayoff. And that answer right there, although it might be interesting to figure out how that happens, considering the personnel that they have, the contracts, um, I think that's exactly what most Jet fans wanted to hear, um, that there will be opportunity for some of the younger players to go in and, as Kevin Cheveldayoff just mentioned, spread their wings. It all just does start, though, with Rick Bonus, the new head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. And Cheveldayoff mentioned of uh, Rick really being the leader and the driver of this change in the org. Well, obviously, every player is new to Rick, um, you know, with respect to, um, you know, the organization he's coached against them, certainly. But when you have a player on your roster, um, you know, you do want to give your coaches the opportunity to uh, uh, to evaluate for themselves. So this, you know, obviously, training camp is going to be a, a, a brief evaluation period for them to, to try to get to know everybody and, and try to, you know, put the uh, right pieces together to uh, to be successful. All right, Kevin Sheveldayoff, a little bit more from his first availability of the season yesterday here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, a lot of talk, you know, and listen, we're, I mean, I wouldn't say guilty of it. I mean, this is what happens when you talk about a team every single day. Sometimes you're talking about the game that just happened or the next game, but also certainly throughout the offseason, you're talking about how this team is built. And in a salary cap era, Who's on the club? How long are they signed? How much are they signed for? All of that. And, you know, Shevel Dayoff did discuss that, well, that's a big part of his job. They're focused on the now and getting this turnaround immediately, not in two years when everybody's contracts are up. Well, I think we have to just focus on the now. I don't think we're we're focusing on anything else, uh, you know, other than what's right in front of us. Because, you know, when you start trying to talk about two years from now, so much, you know, so much... Uh, runway, uh, so to speak, you know, happens between now and then. So I, I you know, I know obviously in the, uh, you know, in the, in the meetings yesterday that uh, that we had uh, the kickoff meeting, um, you know, we talked about setting a standard and, and uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, pushing each other to uphold that standard. All right. So a little bit more from Kevin Sheveldayoff. Now, a big part of the, I don't know, I guess maybe on for some fans, the skepticism as to how they, do have that changes that you know so many of the same players and personnel are still here and the biggest question of course is you know how do you make room for some young defensemen that are seemingly ready when you've got five established veteran defensemen on NHL contracts signed beyond this season as well as a Logan Stanley and of course guys like Billy Hanel and Dylan Sandberg seemingly ready to make their mark as well Sheveldayoff just uh, was asked about the uh, the glut on the blue line and the excess defensemen personnel wise well, you know, again, he can never have too many defensemen. It's, it's, it happens, you know, things happen very, very quickly in this game where, you know, you think that something might be a surplus and, and, and things change. You know, like just even reading some stories around the league here today just of, of different players that uh, aren't participating in training camp for one reason or another. Um, you know, we're on day one, so there's, there's lots of, uh, um, you know, lots of stories to unfold. Yet. All right, so a little bit more from Kevin Cheveldayoff. Now, um, Pierre-Luc Dubois was a huge topic of the offseason. I mean, essentially, as soon as the uh, extended coaching search finished on July 4th with the hiring of Rick Bonus, um, Pat Brisson sort of poured a little bit of gas on our fire here on Winnipeg Sports Talk with some comments about then-RFA Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, Cheval Dayoff was asked about the Pierre-Luc Dubois situation. 
Yeah, well, so, you know, again, we've, we've focused on, you know, the right now when it became apparent, we were just, you know, obviously going to do a one-year deal and, and uh, you know, keep moving forward. For us, you know, it, again, there's, um, it's all about the now with, uh, with Pierre-Luc and what happens after this year and, you know, those kind of situations, you know, uh, it's going to play out as it plays out. And, and um, but, you know, I'm excited. I, I, I saw Pierre-Luc uh, yesterday there. He's in great shape. You know, he looks like he's, uh, he's had a great summer. Um, and, and again, the, um, the, the way we're going to play, the way that um, I think Bones wants to play, I think is really going to suit a, a player like Pierre-Luc real well and, and um, you know, should create some good excitement for him and for, for the team. Um, so this shuttled off on Pierre-Luc Dubois. And the Dubois, I mean, this is, is going to be a story that's not going away, away anytime soon um, until there's some clarity as to, you know, Dubois' future and whether that happens next summer whether that happens, you know, during next season or whether he's gone at some point this year, um, you know, the fact that he is well on a one-year deal and under two year under two more years of team control, um, certainly is something that you know is at the top of Kevin Chevaldeoff's list to, uh, to to flesh out. But in the meantime, getting the most out of Pierre Luc Dubois is very important. But Remo, from my perspective, you know, he sort of stood out in a few ways. First of all, the way he sort of leaned into some of the fun social media things on production day that we saw put out, I think certainly, you know, at least starts things off on a good tone for Dubois. And then I had a great conversation with Rennie today at the rink. And he was mentioning that, you know, Dubois, I guess, is still maintaining that, you know, whether it was Elliot or whatever sort of blew it out of proportion. I don't buy that. I mean, when a respected agent like Pat Brisson says what he says, you're going to get those sort of reactions. And certainly you had those other reports that, you know, he wasn't planning on signing long term. Uh, but Dubois, for his part, you know, sort of maintains that, you know, everything's up in the air. It just wasn't a good time to sign a long term deal. And. I have to admit, and again, this is the optimistic side of me. Um, you know, we said basically when this happens that two years is a lot of time. Um, but when you have a change like the way the Winnipeg Jets are going through right now, moving on from the Maurice era to Rick Bonus with new systems, some new players, and certainly a new atmosphere around the club, um, you would hope that there's an opportunity maybe to turn that situation around because uh, an engaged, committed Pierre-Luc Dubois is a great hockey player, and that's a guy that I think everyone would love to see here beyond just two seasons of service. Yeah, we've seen what he can do in the playoffs before against the Maple Leafs a couple years ago with Columbus. We saw him last year, maybe he kind of tailed off near the end, but, I mean, he's big, uh, he, he can score, and he buys in with uh, what Rick Bonus has going on here. I think he can definitely be an impact player. And look, Hus, Dubois and doesn't even know what's going for dinner, so how is he supposed to decide he wants to be here for that long, right? Right, us. So let's <laughs> let's take a wait and see approach here. You got a new coach coming in, I and mean, we all agree that like you can't really blame him for after this past year. Like, yeah, sign me up for another five I'm with to, you on that. to seven years of that. So let's see what happens now. Do I think it's likely, you know, based on the past summer that he's here long term? It seems like no, but if you have success. And you get along with your teammates and you're having fun going to the rink every day, then yeah, maybe your opinion can change. So he accepted the qualifying offer, um, the, e the easy way. They didn't have to do any negotiations or arbitration or anything. So look, he's lying, start him off with uh, Perfetti 
and Wheeler, and we'll see we'll see how it goes. So um, that is another thing with the Jets that is certainly uh, fascinating. You mentioned, you know, this two years that he didn't want to get to, but look, Shafley's contract's up, Wheeler's up, Hellebuck's is up, and, you know, Dubois becomes uh, able to become a UFA in two years. So um, pretty... I mean, a lot, lot of intrigue, not just, on, again, on this year. So we will... For sure. And hey, the best thing that Dubois can do for himself personally is have a great season. The best situation for the Winnipeg Jets is for him to have a great season. So I think everyone is sort of aligned. Although I I will say this, and how do I, how do I say this without being... Uh, I, I think Dubois is just out there, man. I think he's a bit of a different cat. I think that you know, I think you mentioned like that business with, Hey, I don't even know what I'm having for dinner right now. I think there has been an element of sort of living in the moment. No one questioned his commitment to the team last year. And he certainly does not look or sound like a disgruntled player. So, I mean, he's still a relatively young guy. Some people, let's just say mature quicker than others. And I really, I, I get the, impression from Dubois, despite everything that we've heard over the course of this summer, that I don't think he really knows what he knows. And I think this season, especially with the fresh start under a head coach, you know, will be very impactful. Now, listen, this could be just a bad read of things and this could be set in stone that at his first possible opportunity, he's out of here. Um, but as I said, time can change a lot of things, and there's nothing that changes things more than winning and a fun atmosphere. Neither of those things were around this club last season, and I think that's why it makes sense that he didn't jump right into a long-term contract here. I still do hold out hope that you know maybe things could change, but nothing's going to change until both the atmosphere, the room, and the results on the ice get better. And that's Rick Bonus's job to uh, start things off well when the season gets going. Yeah, I think there were some people skeptical of, uh, you know, hiring Rick Bonus wasn't the number one choice. You know, it was only a two-year deal. But, uh, again, I think he's come here and day one. He said the right things, uh, doing the right things action-wise in terms of uh, changing up the style of play. I think we can all agree, got a bit stale, and you have a fresh voice in here with the leadership group, with the coach. Maybe you do get that buy-in uh, from the players, and you know they play like a more cohesive unit and not uh, kind of all over the place here. So, um, that, look, it, it's wide open. We'll see how it goes, but definitely, okay, I think I'm more optimistic now than I was uh, a month ago, that's for sure, now that they're on the ice and actually playing. Yeah, uh, Patrick Goulet saying, if we could sign him long-term, how much money is he worth? Well, I mean, there's a premium for buying up unrestricted free agent years of top young players, and certainly Dubois is a third overall pick with the season that he had last year would be there. But, I mean, I think all that, like this season is so important for him when it comes down to that. Um if he had wanted to sign after last year, I mean, I think if you're talking about a long-term deal, you know, he could have been getting, you know, some seven, $8 million, to be perfectly honest. Big centers, two-way game, are in high, high demand. Um, and regardless of where he ends up, I think mean, that's a big reason why we talk about Dubois so much is that he's such an important asset. No one forgets how the Jets got him. They traded Patrick Laine and Jack Rossovic to get him here. So he's... He's an asset that if you're not keeping long-term absolutely has to move. 
Um, but his value, both on an open market or the value of his UFA years, if you're talking about things happening at the end of this season or into the summer, um, completely, I think, depend on how he does individually as well as how the Winnipeg Jets do this year because if he has a pretty good year on a team that struggles and doesn't make the playoffs again and doesn't have a chance to show what he can do in the postseason, I think that hurts the value a little bit. But listen, when you have the package that Dubois has and brings to the table, there are a ton of teams that would uh, that are salivating over the thought of a player like that in their lineup, and his value both on the market and to other teams, I would imagine, is still very high. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think somewhere between what six and uh, and eight million or so. So we'll have, depending on the number of years, but now you're at a situation where you would be buying a free agent years. So uh, I see Ken is in the room. I'm just going to get him loaded in. Someone commented us, we're not doing a suit show, we're both wearing hoodies. Someone said, is it Valour hoodie day? Look, man, we were in the rink, it is freezing in there. I was <laughs> I was still still cold from it, so I'm in a hoodie uh, in my basement here. And we'll see, look what Ken's wearing. Yeah, I was about what, to say, if you don't Ken believe on. that it's cold, you'll, you'll believe it in a second when we bring Weber in. By the way, shout out to Chat69, XYZ. Oh, I'll get rid of that. I'll get rid the of that. The bots are back. It just means we're having a good show. Uh, the bots actually are very fired up whenever Ken joins us on Friday afternoon. So uh, settle down there in the chat room, Chat69, XYZ, and the rest of you. Um, it is going to be fun. We're going to get Ken on right away. Uh, don't forget Hacksaw a little later on and Marbles. If you're new here on the program, Friday's the most fun show of the week. We finish off with the Marble Race with your chance to win a Winnipeg Sports Talk Canadian Club hoodie. And uh, we'll do that at the end of the program. You have to be subscribed, though, to win. Make sure you hit that red subscribe button and uh, give a thumbs up to the uh, to the episode as well while you're at it. All right, let's go to the uh, let's go to the very chilly Iceplex in a very well-dressed F appareled up Ken Weeb <laughs> along with the headgear that is necessary because it is quite chilly. What's going on? Us, uh, great to be with you. Yes, uh, I know that Remo was complaining, but uh, sounds like there could be a sale on hot shots. You got to get the hot shots and the gloves ready uh, for the rest of the week here. The scrimmage was uh, busy. Uh, some guys had to keep their heads up. Brendan Dillon uh, just about catching Danny Zhilkin. Uh, they're sending his bucket flying, but uh, it was not a full, full and direct hit. Uh, some good intensity, but definitely it is chilly around these parts. Uh, great to be in the arena, though. Uh, and I'll echo uh, Mike's sentiments from yesterday. Uh, great to be in the room having conversations with players and uh, just a little bit better setup than the Zoom or podium action that we've uh, been having the last couple of years here. By the way, uh, just speaking of Tukes, and I know T. Konopoli is saying WST Tukes. We can tell you. <laughs> We've got some on the way. They have been ordered, hooked up with our boys at Royal Sports with some beautiful stuff from New Era. So we've got some new hats and new twos coming. We'll let you know when they're ready. And obviously everyone in the chat will have their first uh, first opportunity to get on that. Um, so Weber, you know, we have not spoken since last Friday when the big news was, of course, Blake Wheeler moving on from, from captain. And I mean, that's been a big topic all week long. But now... The team's on the ice. They're moving forward. Um, you know, we chatted a little bit over the last couple of days out at the rink. Um, what's just been your perspective on how different things have been sounded and looked from uh, from your eyes after all of these Paul Maurice training camps to um, a new feeling around this club and a very different look of training camp under Bones? 
Yeah, it's super interesting, Huss. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, we talked about it last Friday after the decision was made. Uh, uh, what I've seen from Blake Wheeler so far is exactly what we talked about last Friday. I've seen effort and nothing different than normal. Uh, Blake's not the most vocal guy on the ice uh, when it comes to training camps. He's a guy who knows he's got to get his body ready. We know he comes in physical condition. His conditioning is at a great level. He just started, wants to get his timing down. Uh, obviously, too, we know, I, I would say this, and I wrote about it on sportsnet.ca. I mean, I think the players have shown the requisite level of respect for what Wheeler has done previously, uh, but also sort of giving you that indication that they were ready to take on a little bit more responsibility. And the guy, obviously, that stands out the most in that department is Nikolai Ehlers to me, uh, you know, saying, I'm 26 years old. Basically, I haven't had a whole lot to say so far, but over the course of my time in the NHL, I have come to the conclusion that I do have some things to say, and it sounds like he won't be afraid to share them. Uh, not that he wasn't maybe sharing them as much in years past, but I expect him to be a little bit more vocal. But Ehlers is always an effort first guy, and I think the vocal or rah-rah part comes second. But we saw him develop and emerge as a leader with this group. I think he continues that progression. Uh, Adam Lowry is another guy we expect to probably wear a letter this year. Uh, he spoke about it today as well, saying the same things. He was among those who was surprised, shocked. But at the same time, I mean, he's just going to lead the way that he has previously. Uh, no one out there saying, hey, man, I'm the next captain, which is exactly what we thought. I mean, the next captain is going to emerge as the course of the year uh, rolls along. See what happens from there. I've liked what I've seen. And, Huss, you talked about it yesterday. What I've seen from the players is a group of engaged players who are having conversations and they are asking questions about how the system is supposed to be run. We know it's aggressive, but where is my responsibility? What am I supposed to do in this scenario? What am I supposed to do in that scenario? Those are good things for the Winnipeg Jets because the players want to be in the right position and they're not going to be standing around like they might not know where they're supposed to go or why they're supposed to go there, which was a problem at times last year. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, Ken. And, you know, let let me just say this um, and get your comments on it. Um, you know, overall, um, oh, the toque's, the toque has been disrobed now. That sorry, he's, uh, it's, uh, sorry, the uh, Zamboni's out. So I thought I'd better get her get an inside. You know track. what? This this has given me a feeling, uh, an Orlando <laughs> feeling with the, the infamous walk and talk, one of the most entertaining visits in your long, illustrious uh, time joining us here. Um, but just big picture. I mean, you mentioned the communication, the pace of what Rick Bonus is instilling in the club really stood out to me right off the bat um, yesterday. Um, what have you thought overall about, I mean, you obviously had to leave and missed half of it doing the show, but um, over the last couple days, just what have you thought about um, the way things have been done and what have you noticed about Rick Bonus and his interaction with players? Because, man, he's got a lot of energy and seems to be really engaged with with everyone, regardless of veteran or young player trying to uh, you know work their way up in the organization. Yeah, Huss, it's just that uh, unbridled enthusiasm that you see from Rick Bonus. I mean, even joked about it yesterday. This is a guy who's tried at six... I hope that I can skate like Rick Bonus at 67 it's years old. Uh, it's unbelievable, man. It's unbelievable. He's got great energy. He's got the flow going out there. Uh, but what you really see is the teaching and the tactician. I mean, uh, the preparation is something, you I know, mean, everyone knows Rick Bonus is a good person and he's a good communicator, but this guy is prepared. He is laser focused. But like, I think that Rick Bonus would take the open door policy 
to a new level. Uh, I think this is a guy who wants you to roll into his office. I would use this example, Hus. Kirk Muller told me once when he was head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, I have an open door policy, but the problem for young players is that they don't want to hear what I have to tell them. So the open door policy isn't always welcome. I think for Rick Bonus, he's the kind of guy that can tell you you made a mistake without embarrassing you, and he believes it's his responsibility to help you eliminate that mistake the second time. Rather than being scared what to ask or not want to make a mistake, he wants you to ask the question so that you're better prepared to make the right play on the ice. And if you make a mistake, he feels as much responsibility in himself and in his teaching rather than just laying the responsibility and burden on the player who may have made an error. So to me, that that's one thing that's really stood out. Uh, we knew he was going to be engaging when it came to his media sessions, but man, does he get involved on the ice with the players? And you can tell the players are responding to him because of what they're learning and what they, you know, this is like a pop quiz where the players have a lot of questions for the coach. How the coach handles those questions can determine the level of buy-in that is required. And to me, I'm seeing the Jets ask a lot of questions, but I'm seeing Rick Bonus. He's he's studied for the test and he has the answers to any question that is being tossed his way. Ken Weave with us from Sportsnet on Winnipeg Sports Talk live from Winnipeg Jets training camp. Fan Fest gets underway tomorrow at 9 a.m. Jets site has a full slate of the schedule of everything that's going to be happening. Um, Ken, Rick spoke yesterday, and I'm sure today as well, uh, about the systems that he's instilling, how this team will play different under his guidance. Um you're always a good guy to talk X's and O's having played as long as you have. I mean, how, when we drop the puck on the regular season, how different do you think, how will things look differently from watching the game? And are there any key players that you think on this roster stand to benefit the most from the stylistic change that he's trying to instill in the club? Yeah, it's super interesting. Huh? See, people think naturally when it comes to Rick Bonus that it's only a defensive style. That, that's not the case. This is a team that is going to be very disruptive in terms of their back pressure, their back checking, and being aggressive, that doesn't mean five guys go blowing the zone and cheating on the offensive side of the puck. If your defensemen are going to be aggressive at both blue lines, which we expect them to be, that means the high forward, the F3, is going to have to be responsible enough to backfill into that kind of a position. What I think a lot of people liked, us about the conversation with Rick Bonus yesterday is that he wants them to be much more aggressive when it comes to disrupting zone entries. The Jets were much too passive in terms of allowing their opponent to enter the zone with speed, with numbers, and they really struggled in that area. And Rick Bonus, you know, for everyone who thinks Rick Bonus is just some, you know, uh, veteran or experienced guy who hasn't adapted to the times, well, Rick Bonus dropping a 31st in zone entry disruptions, I'm sure that was something that was pretty welcome to the analytical uh, eyes and ears in the organization. And he was flat out. He flat out said, we need more from the defense in terms of offense. 24 goals is a number he referenced on numerous occasions. This team needs to be more offensive, but it has to find that risk-reward balance. So what I would say to this, us obviously the personnel is much different than 2018. I think the Jets are going to play a much more similar style in terms of being aggressive all over the ice which is something that we saw in that 2017, 18, 18, 19 seasons uh, when you had a, a much, you know, a mobile blue line. You know, what does that mean for Declan Chisholm, Billy Hanela? 
I mean, that's got to be music to the ears of those players, but it also means they're going to have to show that they can take care of the defensive side of the puck as well. Um, so I think it's going to be fascinating. The word competition and opportunity was being dropped uh, quite frequently yesterday by both Rick Bonus and Kevin Sheveldayoff. And again, you reference the young players. That is music to the ears of young players and not just on defense. Us. I saw David Gustin walk down the hallway here at the end of the second session today. He is eager. The Gus bus is revved up and ready to roll. He feels like there's a big opportunity for him. And let's not kid ourselves. It's no accident that Sam Gagne is being placed alongside David Gustafson and also that Dominic Toninato is playing on the left wing on that line and not at center. Again, a lot can happen over three weeks and six preseason games. But if you're David Gustafson and you came into camp last year, Huss, playing on the sixth line at center and not playing with NHL caliber line mates, you got to be feeling good about your opportunity. Now it's about seizing that opportunity. And then on the back end, boy, oh boy, it's going to be interesting to see how things shake down. I like, I like the way they have the defense pairing set up, Huss. But the problem for us is that we were trying to check out the old clues in terms of who is going to be with whom. Right now, I don't think there's a lot of clues being given other than, you know, other than maybe uh, Schmidt and Sandberg. Could that be a pairing? Yes. Could Hainala Dylan be a pairing with Hainala on the right side? Yes. But I'm not sure, like, these are not the pairings you would expect to stick throughout the camp. They're probably pairings you're going to see in some of the preseason games, and that's going to sort out some of the competition when it comes to five, six, seven, eight, nine, and beyond because we know there is still a surplus on the back end. Well, there is, and I just wanted to get to that, because, I mean, they certainly are saying that, you know, all the things that I think people want to hear, opportunity for young players, we want to see and give them a chance to spread their wings. Um, I guess just as presently constructed, I mean, how does that happen? And, and I guess, let me ask you this, Ken, what if Billy Hanel and Dylan Sandberg are just absolute standouts through this entire camp and Rick Bonus feels, hey, these guys, these guys are in my top six. I want these guys playing. How do they manage that? Well, they're going to manage that the way that Rick Bonus told us today, Huss. I'm not sure if you heard the clip yet. Rick Bonus said players will cut themselves. You know, that's the flip side of the coin when it comes to opportunity. There will be opportunity to, for you to show that you deserve to be on the team. But it also means that you'll be given chances to show that maybe you're not ready. And that doesn't just apply to the young players you referenced us. Uh, that applies to all players. Uh, what we know is that the previous hierarchy is no longer uh, in, in place, that there will be opportunities provided to players on this roster, whether you're a young player or a veteran player. But it's going to come down to who plays best. And if those two play best, us, I mean, I know we debated who's in the top six, I still have Hanela and Sanford in my top six. But if that's the case, that's either going to cause an uncomfortable waiver situation or a trade before we get to October 14th. And the biggest thing to me also, Huss, about yesterday with Sheva Bayoff's comments, and I know you heard me. He tossed up open for business sign. That's what I read in the reading between the lines. He, said he referenced other teams having injuries or guys out of camp. To me, that was that was the sound of, yes, I have confidence in what we have, but I'm trying to make this team better, and he knows where he can make the team better. It's up front, and it's by moving some of those other defensemen on the back end. So it's interesting. 
you want players to feel comfortable, but there also needs to be a bit of uneasiness because if you're not going to play better than the young players trying to push for a job, you're not going to have the job. So uh, to me, that's what we'll be watching. Once the games get rolling, once we see it against NHL competition, I know people were going wild on the old socials yesterday. Brad Lambert dangling and scoring a nice goal. Like, great job by Brad Lambert. But scoring an impressive goal in a drill uh, on day one of training camp is not getting you on the team or getting you a chance uh, to get a look on the top six in a preseason game. And this is not a knock on Brad Lambert by any stretch. And by the way, Hus, Brad Lambert did not participate today. It's a minor upper body injury. According to Rick Bonus, he thought he would be back on the ice uh, on Saturday, but he was not a participant today. Uh, so there was no oohs and ahs when it came to Brad Lambert in the scrimmage today. Uh, but having said that, I, I still feel as though there's an opportunity for the Jets to make a move. And not just make a move, I feel like a move is ne- necessary because of the construction of the roster and because of what they're trying to accomplish. But the thing has to, where we've been trying to speculate who who fits best or who gets the most return, that's what these six games are all about. It's about finding out who could benefit the most by playing this aggressive style. And I know you asked me that question about 10 minutes ago during my trip to the buffet. I think an aggressive style helps guys like Nate Schmidt and Brendan Dillon, uh, Neil Pionk even. And I think Josh Morrissey will welcome that. But I also think it, it, it benefits a guy like Billy Hainala. I spoke with Hainala along with Jeff Hamilton uh, today, and I asked him specifically if he felt that that aggressive nature would play to his strengths, and he feels as though it will. So, uh, I mean, we know the comparisons have happened, and Billy brought the comparison on himself when he compared himself to Miro Haskinen when he was drafted. Now, again, this is a pump-the-brake situation. Miro Haskinen is already an elite defender. Vili Hanela is not at that level yet. Vili Hanela is not the size of Miro Haskinen. He's not the, he does not have the skating ability, but he has a lot of similar qualities. So I could see Rick looking at Hanela and saying, you know, even if you get a, a guy who's 70% of Miro Haskinen, you've still got a darn good NHL defenseman in there. And Vili's just getting started, Huss, right? That's the thing. He's still 21 years old and his best days are ahead of them. And it's interesting. In some ways, Vili is a victim of his own success because he made the team unexpectedly as an 18-year-old. He probably feels like it's taking forever to get an NHL spot, even though he's only 21 years old. So there's a bit of a paradox going there for him. But I see a lot of maturity from Billy Hanela. He didn't have the best scrimmage. He had a really nice play, and then he had a bad turnover, I think, that led to one of the goals. But this is a guy who cannot play a tentative game he has to play an assertive style of game, needs to be aggressive, and that's why this new system, I think, will suit Billy Hanela well. But even Rick Bonus said today when I was asking about Hanela, Hanela has to show you that you can win with him in the lineup. So to me, I think there's um, a lot of pressure on a guy like Billy Hanela to win the job. I think he has the ability to win the job, but he's going to have to beat somebody out on the roster who is currently ahead of him on in the pecking order even though the depth chart is sort of starting at ground zero uh if billy's able to play his way onto the team uh, from your perspective ken who's the best defense partner for a young player like that yeah it's interesting i mean I, I, last week i would have told you dylan Demello because i expected hanala to be on the left side even though there is the biggest log jam on the left side now that i've seen him with brendan Dillon for a couple of days 
and I've listened to both Brendan Dillon and Billy Hainala talk about the other guy. I mean, we all remember us, the great podium visit last year where Nate Schmidt was professing about Billy Hainala and the, you know, about how he went through the things in Washington where they traded for a guy at the deadline two years in a row, right when he thought he was had established himself as an NHL regular. So I do think that Brennan Dillon is a great fit beside Billy Hainala because of his big, strong physical nature. And Brennan Dillon is still mobile as well. So I think there'd be a good pairing there that you could see during the course of the regular season, depending on how things shake out. But it's going to depend a lot on how the other guys fare. I love the fact that Dylan DeMello is skating alongside Declan Chisholm and Huss. We're all talking about Hanela and rightfully so. But to me, the guy that's taken the biggest strides on the back end in the last two years is Declan Chisholm. I mean, another, you know, I think it was Jack Hahn this week. He's comparing Declan Chisholm to potentially growing into a guy like Devon Taves and Huss having watched the Colorado Avalanche in person during the conference <laughs> final and the Stanley Cup final, if Declan Chisholm can get to somewhere close to the level of Devon Taves, the Jets are going to be awfully thrilled with that fifth-round pick that they made. But again, it just complicates the situation. Again, I'm not here saying that Declan Chisholm should be on the opening day roster, but well, he will also benefit from this style, Huss, based on his strengths as a player and his fluidity as a skater and he's a guy who has made some great strides on the defensive side of his game as well all i'm saying is that he may he is another legitimate option even though we all kind of went into camp thinking he's probably another year away but we thought that last year and when he went in in that small sample size was able to deliver well, just on Chisholm, and I got to give a, a stick tap to Avco Cup, who's a, a great follow for uh, for Jet Stuff on Twitter, follows the team very closely and has some great takes. He said yesterday, and I totally agree with this, not only would we like to see what Billy Hanel can do and Dylan Sandberg can do as regulars in an NHL lineup on a blue line, but I think if those players are with the big club, it also allows Declan Chisholm to take an even bigger, more expanded, more responsible role with the Manitoba Moose. And I think if if he's going to fulfill that potential that you just talked about with Jack Han, um, that is a big part of the path to get to that point as well. And, you know, as much as we can talk about the blue line being loaded up here in Winnipeg right now and some tough decisions... It's the exact same thing for Mark Morrison if those guys aren't on the roster or back with the Manitoba Moose. Yeah, no doubt about that, Huss. And I, I do, this is why I'm saying, I, like, I think that Chisholm has worked himself into the equation, but I'm with you. I think Declan Chisholm is better served by playing 22 to 24 minutes as the number one guy with the Manitoba Moose, at least to start the year and then sort of see what happens. And just quickly, when it comes to the depth, I mean, Ashton Sautner is clearly a depth guy. Uh, but he has a little bit of a physical edge that the Jets don't have a whole lot of. So you saw he was one of those guys playing a physical role during the scrimmage today. And Kyle uh, Capobianco is also a guy who's pretty mobile. So, I mean, there are going to be some good veterans for Chisholm to be paired with on that number one pairing when it comes to the Manitoba Moose as well. But boy, oh boy, I mean, we wanted there to be an open competition, Huss. There is clearly one. And there are a lot of people in the discussion. I mean, this this has come, become a strength for the Winnipeg Jets on the back end. And I'm pretty sure we wouldn't have been having that same conversation, you know, two or three years ago 
when the uh, defense score had an overwhelming change uh, to the grouping. You got it. All right, Kenny, this has been awesome. Hey, before we go, and folks, after we talk to Hacksaw, we will have some of these clips uh, with Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, I had an interesting conversation with Rennie earlier today, and I'm not sure whether you were there at the same time or this was a one-on-one -on -one where he was talking to Pierre-Luc Dubois, who you know, was very excited about the season and said everything's on the table for Winnipeg, um, you know, for whatever's going on and kind of, you know, quell anything that happened in the offseason, courtesy of Pat Brisson. Um, but I just am interested in your perspective on Dubois, what you've seen and heard from him so far, and, you know, his spot on a one-year deal with two years under team control being such an important asset for the Winnipeg Jets and one that they would love to maybe change the tone of the summer and, have him maybe a little more interested in sticking around long-term. Yeah, this was the first time uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois spoke uh, to the mass media uh, this morning. Uh, same kind of thing. I mean, Pierre-Luc Dubois loves hockey, and I've, I've written about this uh, several times. Pierre-Luc Dubois is great at compartmentalizing. He doesn't care about what happened in the summertime. He's only focused on having the best season possible. So to me, I think he's in a great headspace. Uh, he's in he's physically fit, as always. We know sometimes you forget how strong he is. There was a drill how, during the scrimmage basically got into a battle with someone and threw him to the ice. I mean, but this is a guy who wants to expand, you know, spread his wings on the offensive side. I do think it's interesting that he's starting the camp with Cole Perfetti and Blake Wheeler based on the chemistry we saw with Kyle Connor last year. But I think that's more about having a dynamic and electrifying top line potentially with Nikolai Ehlers and Mark Scheifele. And then you have the two big and strong guys in Wheeler and Dubois with Perfetti who has that great vision and, and the word processor that works uh, overtime in terms of his ability to see the game and think the game. So I think Dubois is in a good place. I expect him to have a strong season. And hey, I'm the one who said I expect Dubois to sign long-term. So uh, if what he's saying uh, to Sean in that one-on-one uh, -on -one in production day turns out to be accurate, uh, I'll be asking Remo to play the clip from you know, 16 months ago when I was making the proclamation that he would be sticking around long-term. So uh, I think he's in a good place. Uh, I know you're onto the football talk, but just two quick ones for me. Uh, we talked about him before, Hus. Saku Menelainen is a guy who I wondered how he would fare in the camp after being over in, you know, playing the KHL for two years, then playing in Liga. He's my sleeper to watch in the exhibition games early. Uh, this is a big, strong guy. He brings a couple of elements to the table the Jets don't have an abundance of in their bottom six, specifically in their fourth line. So left shot that can play the offside. Looks like he's got a pretty good shot. He's got some mobility. Showed a little bit of edge so far. Uh, I'll be watching him closely uh, in the preseason. And also Kevin Stenland is a guy who's caught my attention early in camp. And not yeah, because he's a dead ringer for Blake Wheeler. <laughs> but the other thing we've seen, Hus, he's really clicked well with Mikey Asimont. Uh, those guys could be really, uh, you know, potentially impressive together uh, with the Manitoba Moose, most likely. But Stenland's a guy that I want to see because, again, big, strong center, six foot four kind of guy. I think he had a knee injury last year that maybe uh, impacted his skating a little bit, but a uh, very smart two way guy. Those are two guys that I'll have my eyes on in the sort of uh, battle on the periphery. But boy, oh boy, can't wait to see some of those young defensemen in games. Uh, I know, too, Huss, you were there. What did you think of Menelainen? 
Oh, I, I, I already talked about it at the beginning of the show. He was a guy that really sort of stood out to me. Um, and it was also interesting. I mean, it was a great example of the coaching of Rick Bonus. I mean, he was one-on-one with Menelainen on a couple of occasions. One, I think, talking about what they were doing, uh, but then also talking about some of his technique in the corners after a battle drill. Um, yeah, intriguing prospect, a guy that I hadn't seen or known much about and, you know, definitely did kind of stand out today amongst the group. Um, Weber, have a great one tonight, and uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you tomorrow down at the rink. And uh, it's great seeing you guys. Great to be back. Great talking about some actually things happening right now this season as opposed to rehashing everything from last year like we did all summer. Yeah, Husker, always great to be with you. Have a great weekend and one last one. I know last week I dropped the Axel Bloomquist reference on you. Today, yes. Menelainen could be the Thomas raffle of this training camp. Remember the brother of Michael, the Austrian sensation, who had the strong camp, but then unfortunately I think got hurt in like his first or second game with the Moose and never got on track. You remember, uh, didn't he wear number five? I think it is possible that he did yeah. wear a low number. We thought yeah, he should yeah. be a defenseman. <laughs> Anyways, I think that Menelainen is a guy that's going to get games with the Jets this year. Uh, you know, Again, he's got to win a job first and foremost, but... I could see Menelainen uh, doing a nice job, but he is hoping for better health than Thomas Raffle, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. Weber, we'll see you tomorrow at the rink. Thanks for doing this. Enjoy your weekend, Uh, my man. Take care. There's Ken Weeb. We got Hacksaw coming up just before that. want to give a big shout-out and thanks to our friends at Princess Auto for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. And, of course, a week today, Bombers back at it against the Riders. And that means two hours before the game, the party starts in the Princess Auto tailgate zone. Take advantage of $5 beers, $3.50 popping hot dogs, DJ finesse spinning, and a great atmosphere before the Bombers get back at it on home field. Of course, Princess Auto is the place where you'll find the best collection of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Two locations, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West, and you can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Well, Ken definitely went to the buffet, um, and he'll certainly need to hydrate. And we know when it comes to water products and services in the city of Winnipeg and southern Manitoba, it's Culligan Water, family-owned for over 65 years that has been taking care of Manitobans for decades. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems and drinking water systems, citywide water delivery services, and commercial and industrial water products and solutions. The Culligan Man's there for you, 1200 Sargent Avenue. You can give them a call at 694-5180 or check them out online at drinkculligan.com. Well, we've got another Canadian club, Winnipeg Sports Talk hoodie, our version of the green jacket, ready for the marble race a little bit later on. And speaking of Canadian club, you'll be able to get that at IG Field as well next week. But why wait for next week? Pop by your local beer store and try the new Canadian club and ginger ale ready-to-drink premix cocktail available in six packs at your local beer store and, of course, at the games along with the full Canadian club and Beam Suntory family of spirits. And you can pop by and get it all, including Canada's favorite whiskey, Canadian Club, at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And, hey, what a game last night uh, between the Browns and Steelers. Um, If you were on the teaser last night, that was one of the worst beats of all time on that final play of the game. Uh, But BP is the place to go for NFL football. Delicious BP pizza flights, but draft on special for every game. 
And your chance to enter to win one of two grand prize trips for two for an NFL weekend in Vegas, including airfare, hotel, NFL game tickets, and a bonus NHL game. First trip is the 11th to 13th for Raiders Colts. Second trip is New Year's Eve weekend for Raiders 49ers. Watch the NFL and enter to win at any Winnipeg, Selkirk, Steinbach, Morden, and Portage, Boston pizza location. Marble still to come, and we'll hear from Pierre-Luc Dubois, but it's Friday, Beer Friday, as our man Hacksaw says, and Lee Hacksaw Hamilton joins us now to get ready for the weekend in the National Football League. Hacksaw, what's going on? What did you think of that barn burner last night between the Browns and Steelers? Oh, wait, I think we're, uh, I think we got muted there. Reema, you want to get that on Yeah, there? I might have to, Lee, I'm going to request your microphone here. I think you might have to hit allow. All right. There we go. We're, we're back, Hacksaw. What did you think of the game last night? Kind of an interesting way. Uh, two rivals, a tight game, but uh, it was the Browns that got it done, uh, much to the chagrin of everyone with that extra touchdown right at the final game. Uh, I was interested to watch it. Uh, I love the Steeler-Cleveland rivalry. It goes back a 1,000 years of my life. But I didn't enjoy it because my wife from West Virginia, a Steeler fan, she was yelling at the TV all night, scared the damn dog. Uh <laughs> Hey, you know, Pittsburgh's going through a transition. Let's be real honest. You name any of their offensive linemen? No. They're all kids. They're learning on the job. Quarterback is a recycle guy from Buffalo. Has not proven that he can do it on a consistent basis, though. Mike Tomlin is going to stick with Mitch Trubisky. A running back issue. I don't think that Najee Harris is completely healthy. He's not had a bust-out game. He's not doing a lot of heavy-duty stuff. Defense. The front got pushed all over the parking lot like a shopping cart. I was really stunned. And her secondary hasn't been great, great outside of Micah Fitzpatrick. So I guess I guess we're talking transition year more than we're talking anything. So Pittsburgh and Cleveland, even without Deshaun Watson, we knew they were going to run the football. They were going to give you, <coughs> I mean, the, the weather forecast in Cleveland was, uh, was cloudy, muggy, and 100% chance of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That's what we got. And the fact that the Browns did pretty well with a banged-up defensive front. I mean, Clowney did not play. Garrett was less than 100%. And they get injuries at linebacker, and now they, they lose Anthony Walker for the year. So it, I didn't think it was a great, great game. I don't think these are great, great teams right now. Lee, last week, the Bills, to put it in UFC parlance, made the Tennessee Titans tap out early in the matchup. I mean, that game was over halfway through the third quarter. Um, but one of the most interesting matchups is Bills at Dolphins, not only because the Bills have been the steamroller of the NFL so far, but Tua coming off a an incredible comeback with the game of his career with six touchdown passes. What do you make of these two teams heading into a Sunday's tilt? I guess we're lock, looking for an answer is there a new beast in the East? You know, a couple of weeks ago when you and I did our NFL preview, you know, I asked the question about uh, Tua, uh, is he a, a game manager or can he become a game breaker? And he really did last Sunday. And that has to do in part with not just his emergence and growth as a third-year quarterback, but I also tend to think the arrival of Tyreek Hill and the guy on the opposite side, Jalen Waddell. I mean, if you go back and look at the at the number of plays downfield, everything was downfield, bombs away, throw it into Biscayne Bay. He was 36 for 50. In the NFL, 36 for 50, 463, six touchdowns, four touchdowns in a 12-minute window. And by the way, 
Tyreek and Waddle, a combined 22 catches for 361 yards. And then you add into that equation that they are running the football with Raheem. And you add into the equation, Brian Flores, the fired coach, left behind a pretty good defense. They, they are the real deal. And Atua seems to have all the weapons. Now, they got Buffalo. Buffalo's got not only the quarterback, not only Stephon Diggs. They've got receivers on the other side. They've got the tight end that I think is grossly underrated. Their defense is coming after your quarterback, and what the hell are you going to do about it? Buffalo is a complete football team. One, one asterisk item, though. Miami is down four defensive backs with injury. They lost a couple guys last week in that victory. And Josh Allen is just going to pick on that backup group of players that have to play in a secondary. So as much as I thought Miami might have an edge in this one because they got so many guys hurt, you know, Buffalo, Buffalo just might steamroll them. But it's going to be a great game. And, you know, and we're headed to the third week of the season, Hustler. How many good games have we already had? In the first two plus weeks of the season, it's absolutely amazing. Well, you know what? Last week, I mean, you mentioned. I mean, listen, we had the uh, the crazy comeback of the Browns that got completely, or sorry, of the Jets over the Browns that got completely overshadowed by what Tua did, and then there was Kyler Murray. Um, Like this Titans Raiders game is almost the proverbial loser leaves town matchup, Lee, because if either one of these teams gets to zero and three in a very tight AFC. I'm not sure there's much to turn around, but let's move on to this Niners-Broncos game. A fascinating matchup, uh, very tight. I think the Niners actually now are like a point favorite in this game. Um, On the San Francisco side, life after Lance. I'm sure they're pretty darn happy they managed to find a way to keep Jimmy Garoppolo in the mix because I think a lot of people believe that this actually gives them a better chance to win this year Maybe not long term because, of course, Lance was a bit more of a project. And then in Denver, listen, they got the win over the Houston Texans to get to one and one. Uh, but it has been, let's just say, a rocky start for Nathaniel Hackett as the head coach. Um, thoughts on the Broncos and Niners going into this Sunday tilt? When in the history of modern day NFL, Andrew, have you heard an organization say, We lost our starting quarterback, but we're okay with the backup? Jimmy Garoppolo is a great insurance policy. <laughs> Get this. You know, his record, I believe, is 32-15 and 15 as a starter now in the National Football League. Granted, he's had a lot of problems with injuries. But this guy is going to play on a $6.5 million contract. Think about that, because he had to take a major restructure down pay cut. He's got some incentive bonuses in his contract that'll boost it back up. But he went from $25 million down to six. So they got a $6 million starting quarterback in San Francisco who all the teammates really like. As long as they can keep him upright, he's going to drive them and make them a power again in the NFC West. I think there was a lot of private hidden concern just about the growth process and how slow it would be with Trey Lance. Lance took an awful lot of hits in the first two weeks and is now gone with the broken ankle and the surgery that he had. So. San Francisco, you know, you know a bunch of things about the Niners. They are going to run the ball, and they are going to beat your brains out with their defense. And now they got a quarterback back that's healthy that can make plays. Denver, hey, what? I don't know the life expectancy of Nathaniel Hackett. For a guy who has been a coordinator and been on successful staffs, to be so abyss in game management, absolutely stunning. Columnist in Denver. Are referring to that team right now 
and their clown car coach. They have had so many screw-ups at the line of scrimmage, game management, delay of game penalties, foul-ups on who's on the field, who's coming off the field, special teams breakdowns. Russell Wilson must think he may have died and gone to hell because this is surely not where he was before with a brilliant coach in Pete Carroll in Seattle. And that plus now they got their wide receiver core was all beat up again. And they can't, they just can't keep those kid wide receivers healthy. So this is a mess in Denver. I don't, I don't know if, if Nathaniel Hackett moves to the front of the line as coach on a hot seat, just a couple of games into his career, but this guy's a proven NFL veteran coach and the son of a longtime NFL coach. How could you be so bad in terms of game management and decisions and what you need to do in certain junctures of the game and certain down and distance. To me, it just it boggles my mind. They hire a bad guy. But right now, people in Denver, the columnists in Denver, think they did. Well, and I'll tell you what. I mean, there was so much talk with them trying to get Aaron Rodgers. He, of course, is the OC in Green Bay. I mean, I think they – I mean, it, there is something to the theory that they were doing this, trying to be part of a bigger plan to get Aaron Rodgers. They ended up getting Russell Wilson. Rodgers is still in Green Bay. And now they're realizing that maybe this guy wasn't all that he was cracked up to be. Um, Lee, great stuff. Fill us in on what you've got at LeeHacksawHamilton.com coming into another big NFL weekend. Well, a ton of stuff. Uh, I write every day on the, on the uh, website. It involves everything. NFL, college football, Major League Baseball, pennant race, the crisis in the NBA, what's gone on in the National Hockey League, uh, what happened to Team USA and soccer and a number of other things. That's day in, day out. It's all written. It'll take you five minutes to read it. And if you read it, you'll be the third smartest guy on this podcast between you and me. Uh, also, we have started a new podcast. It's right accessible on my website. It's on the YouTube channel and it's on Facebook and it's on Twitter and it's on Spotify. It's all over the place. Uh, we just did one yesterday. Funniest thing. And I'm, I'm just going to make a shot about the bad gear that you're wearing right now. <laughs> but we we walked in to do my podcast yesterday afternoon, a COVID situation in master control. So now the question, what do we do? Where, where can we go to do it? Because we need all this equipment to execute this thing. You can't do your show from your basement or garage. So we decided we would wear masks. And we did an hour-long podcast, COVID kids all masked up. So it's it's available. It's you can access it on my website or just just type in Lee Hacksaw Hamilton podcast. You get to it. But we cover anything and everything uh, each week on our podcast. We post it on Thursday. And I'm sorry, apologies in advance on Beer Friday. That's bad looking gear that you were in. <laughs> I'm going to three and zero on Sunday, Lee. As I said, you know. Everyone was giving Mahomes a hard time after the Thursday nighter last week. No one seemed to remember that it was Justin Herbert that threw the back-breaking 99-yard pick six. That being said, those teams are going at it again on Grey Cup Sunday, November 20th. Cannot wait for that. And every AFC West game this year is uh, is must-watch TV. Uh, we'll look forward to catching up next week. Have a great weekend and enjoy the games. Great sports weekend to you. Thanks, Andy. Talk to you soon. There it is, the one and only Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. As Remo just threw it up, the the YouTube channel is there. Search Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, give Hacksaw a sub, and check out all the great content in addition to his weekly visits with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right, we've got lots to get to before the end of the program. Marbles is coming up, uh, but we've got some 
Great Dubois clips. I have not heard them yet. Remus is getting them ready, so we'll look forward to uh, getting those in right away. Let me, though, first thank the Nick and Nikki DQ Group for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, listen, I admittedly, it's getting a little colder. It's feeling like fall, but Winnipeg, we're down with the DQ 12 months a year, especially with the great stuff from Nick and Nikki's Four locations, the new DQ in Niverville. Shout out to the Nighthawks starting their first MJHL season in that growing town. And, of course, DQ Northgate, DQ Polar Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Um, just incredible food options, amazing stack burgers, fries, those barbecue chicken fingers are unreal. Um, and then the real star of the show, of course, the ice cream treats, including the world-famous Blizzard. And, hey, if you got an event coming up, nothing better for your guests than a DQ ice cream cake. Hit them up on Instagram if you'd like, DQ at DQ Manitoba. Let them know what you want. They'll get a custom-made for you to pick up quick and easy at any of the four Nick and Nikki DQs. Um, big night tomorrow. Uh, for Little Brown Jug, Nuit Blanche is happening and Little Brown Jug is hosting the party for Nuit Blanche. If you haven't been to one of their past Nuit Blanche parties, you're missing out. On September 24th, they're closing down the street and hosting a night that is a true celebration of art in our city. The night features the Moss to a Flame art installation, live music performers, dance performances, and more. The party goes until 2 a.m. and is free, so don't miss out. And many of you have seen the beautiful new patio they put in that was the uh, location for our first-ever Winnipeg Sports Talk Sports Trivia Night. Um, so if you're looking for a great uh, activity and event tomorrow night, totally free, Little Brown Jug, the party for Nuit Blanche. And, uh, hey, one more week of Assiniboia Downs. Darren Dunn's going to join us next Tuesday, fill us in on the must-go jackpots at the end of the season. Uh, but if you haven't already, make a plan to get out there before the end of the year. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, live racing next weekend at Assiniboia Downs. And again, you can always bet online on the Downs, as well as tracks around the world at hpibet.com. All right, before we get to marbles, we're going to hear from Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, Remo, just before we get to Doobie, do we want to uh, open up the uh, the marbles and then uh, I can do the cool bet lines when you're putting everything in together? Yeah, that's a really good idea. I, I like that plan. Um, I will open it now because some people got a little premature and we're jumping the gun. Didn't count if you already typed it in, so I'm hitting go. Yep. But uh, I like these Pierre-Luc Dubois clips. He spoke to the media today about the scrimmage but the stuff that's interesting to me you know and i had referenced andrew cop kind of slagging the jets penalty kill system last year yeah the lawn chairs the, the lawn, lawn chair comment now, one of my favorite I, clips of the year after hearing dubois today i triggered memories from last year where he talked about how they were sitting back last year standing still and waiting for the other team to make a mistake and by the time they'd get the puck they'd be they're too tired to um, transition. And sorry, the bots are just way out today. Um, <laughs> and today they were asking him about being aggressive. And, you know, part of me is like, well, Dubois, maybe he didn't agree with the coaching last year. And he seems to be more bought in. Um, do you want me to well, go let's, through? Let's, let's, get, let's get to these clips. Just uh, <clears throat> quick, if you didn't notice already in chat, Marble entries are open. 
All you need to do is put in exclamation mark marbles in the chat. Um, and of course, to win, you do need to be subscribed to the channel. So let's make sure everybody that's with us right now hits the thumbs up and hits that red subscribe button. If you're new, welcome. Great to have you with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. We're live every day, 1 o'clock p.m. with the live YouTube broadcast. And subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Just put in Winnipeg Sports Talk. If you can't catch us on the video show, you can watch it later on. But the audio is always available just in time for your drive home on your Bluetooth around 3.30 at Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right. Get those entries in. We had over 200 last year. Derek Schmidt won at the biggest marble race ever. Let's see if we can beat that today with over 400 people with us today in the chat uh, but let's get to these Dubois clips. Let's just start right at the start. There's some good ones later on, but first off, what uh, Dubois thought about the first scrimmage today of training camp? Yeah, it's tough, um, especially a scrimmage after a skate or after practice. I mean, um, you're tired from practice, then you gotta you gotta get back at it uh, against fresh guys that are excited to get into the scrimmage. It's not easy, but um, you know, it's I think scrimmages are about getting back into it getting back into good habits, but also, you know, we're learning the new uh, systems and concepts. Um, we're all competitive in scrimmages, but, you know, once we get to, to Sunday and we're playing against another team, we're even more competitive. So uh, if there's mistakes to be, now, to be made now, um, you know, there's mistakes, there's aggressiveness. Um, you know, you, you want to get back into that game shape uh, before the preseason starts, and I thought uh, we worked hard today. All right, so there's a little bit of Pierre-Luc Dubois on what happened today, but um, these are interesting. I mean, Rima sort of teed these one up, but let's go to number three. Um, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, the teaching that's been going on with Rick Bonus, and uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois talked about adjusting to the new concepts. Uh, honestly, not too much. Um, it's, you know, it's different systems, um, but it's more similar to what I've been used to playing my whole life. Um, you know, it's a lot of... It's a lot of uh, concepts that I've seen before, whether it was you know before coming here or at World Championships or, or even in junior and stuff like that. Um, you know, every coach has different details and different aspects that they want to that you know they want to emphasize on more. Um, but you know, I think I think it's gonna it's gonna be fun the way we're gonna play. You know, it's uh, it's very aggressive. All right, so there's a Pierre-Luc Dubois on uh, the new look of uh, what this team is being taught and, you know, the new coach wants them to how they want them to play. Um, here's another one um, from Dubois on, you know, some of the new concepts and talked about covering for the defenseman uh, who Coach uh, Bonus also wants to really be activated this season more than in the past. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, a, it's a 50, it's teamwork. Um, you know the D. You want the D to come up as forwards. It's a dream come true when the D come up because it opens up so much ice. When the D get moving and and they come in the rush, you know back checkers have to back check even further down. If you delay, you can come. I mean, there's so many options that open up. If the D just stay back, then it's because it's a three on three or three on two, and it's an easy read for everybody. But at the same time, like you said, forwards we have to we have to make smart plays. But I mean, if we're if we go out there and you know we we sit back and we don't want to make mistakes and we don't press and we don't be aggressive we might not make mistakes but we're also not going to get anything from it so it's going to be a process of of you know learning when to go when not to go when to make the pass when not to try it um when to just you know battle another day but uh i think it's going to take a lot of communication but you know i think you want to be aggressive on your toes instead of just waiting and then sitting back all right uh yeah yeah you know Sorry, how about that clip? He said that last year. 
where he's like, hey, if you're just sitting back waiting for them to make a mistake, you're not you're not generating anything. And it seems like this is more in line with what he's played before. I love these these clips here talking about uh, the strategy. Well, for sure. And here's one more um, from uh, PLD who was comparing the uh, the the neutral zone strategy this year to what they'd done in the past. Yeah, it's it's been really good. Um, you know, we've been learning really fast and. You, know, you want to make these mistakes in practice and, and scrimmages, um, hopefully less in the preseason, even less when the season starts. But, uh, you know, we, they've been really good at communicating what they want um, and not just, you know, the vague image of what they want, but details too. Um, you know, where six should go, where six should be, what route you should take, all that stuff. And, and that's, I think, going to be the difference between winning some games and, and losing some games and winning most games. Um, so... It's been really good since the start of it. The communication's been great between the players and the coaches, and uh, I think if we keep going in this direction, uh, good things are ahead for us. All right, so there's a a positive here. Luke Dubois, uh, liking what he's hearing from new head coach Rick Bonus. One more clip from Dubois. Um, let's hear him just discuss about that, his line mates uh, at the beginning of camp centering a line with uh, youngster Cole Perfetti on the left and veteran Blake Wheeler on the right. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously two really good players, um, different players too. I think for us, it'll just be about figuring out uh, with the team, you know, how we want to play as a line and how we, the systems we, we've touched up on, on a lot of things, what we want to do defensively and without the puck. And in the next few days, I'm sure we'll, we'll be talking about how we want to play with the puck and offensively. So um, it's just about, you know, everybody has different tendencies and what they want out there. So it's all about communication for us. All right, there's uh, Dubois in the lineup. And actually, we do have one more clip from Dubois. This is a good one. Um, it's a little bit more from PLD on uh, the overall more aggressive style uh, that they're being asked to play this season. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think offensively it's it's about instincts, but defensively it's more about, you know, you have a system to follow. If everybody out there can be predictable to each other, yeah, sometimes, you know, you, you could read that the D is going to go up and, not that you cheat for the, that, but you you can you, you anticipate for it. Um, but I think defensively, what we've been talking about right now, if we can be all predictable to each other, that's when you're aggressive. Because if you have three guys who are aggressive against a good team that can pass the puck and move the puck well and skate well, um, they'll find the open guys and then they're off. So you know the way we want to play, it needs we need five guys out there that are alert and and on the same page. And um, you know, I think that's that's the key for us going forward. All right, there's uh, <laughs> Dubois. I'm sure part of you are asking when you hear something like going, what the hell was happening with this team last year? But we're done talking about last year. We're moving on. First exhibition game on Sunday night against the Edmonton Oilers. And we'll have some home preseason action next Tuesday as well. And then, of course, the big Dale Howard-Chuck uh, memory game um, the uh, and the season ticket holder appreciation game coming up next Saturday. So uh, lots coming up this week after finishing up the first few days of camp in the first preseason game uh, coming up. Shout out to Remus. Great job cutting those on the fly uh, to get those for you here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right. Well, listen, we are getting close to 3 p.m. And that means it's time for marbles. Last call, everyone. If uh, you just got in here, uh, exclamation mark marbles. We'll give you about 30 seconds or so to make sure that you're in. And then we'll um, get everybody together, get them in the uh, marbles on screen, and fire them off. Um, 
We got it. Does Huss say Tuesday? Tuesday instead of Tuesday. <laughs> you know what, Lion Saint? I might be guilty of that sometimes, to be perfectly honest with you. I think that is, uh, that is, I'm guilty. Guilty is charged sometimes of, uh, of, of saying exactly that. Um, all right. So let's wrap it up. Let's get the, uh, the marbles in together. Remo, you can do that and get it ready while I take a quick look at the cool bet lines. Oh man. Our Nielsen and my daily picks right now are, um, are going strong. Nick Chubb over last night, three and one for the week. It is up to me to go four and one today. Check out Cool Bet Canada on Twitter and or Instagram for the pick of the day from the Canadian Football League. Um, when I'm looking here, at just quickly uh, updates on the lines. Hamilton was a two and a half point underdog. They're now two point underdogs in Montreal tonight against the Alouettes. Tomorrow, it's the Ottawa Red Blacks. Two point underdogs at home against the road favorite Argos laying two on the road and the big game tomorrow night. Dusty will be calling it in BC British Columbia Lions one and a half point favorites against the Calgary Stampeders. Spoiler alert. I think it's a bounce back game for the Stamps and I think they get their first win of the season against either the Bombers or Lions in that game tomorrow night. 0-5 against against BC and Winnipeg this year. 8-0 against everybody else. Huge game in the West coming up. And as far as the National Football League goes, we got into our picks of the week in the Lock Shop earlier today. Um, check out my Twitter feed or search Lock Shop wherever you get your podcasts. You can get the audio there. Um, we're all ready for a big NFL Sunday. Our four best bets each we dropped out today. And tomorrow, we'll put together a few parlays and a couple of player props as well. Um, and we'll have that in the feed coming up. Big games on the weekend. Chiefs, as we mentioned, this is a sketchy number. Five and a half point road favorites against the Indianapolis Colts. Bills down to five point favorites in Miami against the Dolphins. All you Viking fans looking for the team to bounce back after getting really worked by the Eagles on Monday night. They're at home to the upstart Lions, who were 2-0 against the spread. Be honest, I think I like Detroit to cover the number. They always seem to play the Lions, the Vikings close. Uh, you got Baltimore, two and a half point favorites in New England. The Bengals, 0-2. Going to MetLife to take on the Jets as six-point favorites. And that game that I mentioned with Lee Hacksaw-Hamilton, the loser-leaves-town matchup, someone's going to be 0-3 after Sunday. Will it be the Raiders or will it be the Titans? Um, Rams, three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Arizona Cardinals. Falcon Seahawks, that's another laptop game. It's probably not getting on laptop to any television game? near you. Yeah. <laughs> we just screen we just watch the uh, game log there. <laughs> uh and then uh, the big game, the big Fox game tomorrow afternoon, Packers, Buccaneers, Bucks, one and a half point favorites at home against the Green Bay Packers and Broncos one and a half point underdogs against the Niners. Cowboys Giants on Monday Night Football. We'll get to that coming up on Monday's Lock Shop and on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Hey, if you haven't already, use the promo code WST for a 100% bonus on your first deposit at CoolBet up to 200 bucks at CoolBet.com. And, and I should mention, by the way, we've got an amazing all-Manitoba matchup in the uh, Big Curling Canada Women's Invitational. Um, and Caitlin Laws, three, like Casey Scheidegger and Caitlin Laws is the one semi and the other, 
I mean, really, the two queens of Manitoba and Canadian curling over the last number of years, Jennifer Jones going up against Carrie Anderson and uh, Carrie's team, the number one seed, a prohibitive favorite at minus 417. And Caitlin Law is minus 250 favorite to make it to the final with her new squad. Um, all right, let's get to it, Remo. Let's fire up. By the way, to win the event, Carrie Anderson plus 130, Caitlin Laws plus 180, and Jen Jones plus 475, the longest shot. I'm looking forward to that. TSN's been covering that event this week as well. Uh, all right, Remo, let's uh, let's get ready for a little marble race to finish things up on Friday. How's everybody feeling in the chat right now as we get to it? I have the list here. We've got 172 names. Nice. Um, am I adding any other names in well okay yes i think bones definitely gets one mm -hmm. um you know what actually all the coaches are getting a marble today <laughs> scott arneal like they need to be the agents of change bones arnie brad lauer marty. as well as marty johnson so the new coaching staff they're getting marbles hacksaw ken weeb I guess Munns. Munns was on a Friday show. Munns will get a marble as well. Um, and I'm just trying to think of anything else that's taken place over the course of this week. Um, I can't stand the Yankees, or maybe we'd no, give Aaron we're Judge. Not, we're not Aaron Judge in. will get one once he if he breaks the record. Then Judge. maybe, then maybe he will get one. Um, let's see here. The weekly plan. You know what? Let's give a JP VJ one. Vij sure. hasn't been on the show in a while. It's great. And then and then the anonymous TSN Jets play-by-play -play voice. Oh, nice, nice, nice. <laughs> Whoever that is. Whoever we'll that is. Probably yeah. find out today. I'm sure it'll be public by the time I'm Fan sure Fest three, gets going tomorrow. Five, as soon as we hit end stream, they'll come out with it. Whenever it is. Yeah. Three th <laughs> three thirty, right after I hit the podcast. As I say, we'll we'll tweet it out. Make sure you're following us on all your social channels at Sports Talk WPG. Um, we've got some good TikTok content as well. If anyone's a TikToker out there, check us out there. Um, and a big bump in our Instagram engagement too. So uh, yeah, wh whatever whatever apps you have, hit us with the follow uh, on all socials at Sports Talk yeah. WPG. Links, every link to any of our stuff uh, in the description of the video or. I guess if you're on the podcast, uh, Sports Talk WPG is our username across social medias, or just go to our website, WinnipegSportsTalk.com. Uh, that's what we got here. So pretty, uh, pretty exciting stuff. Hey, we didn't play. Um, I know we're winding it down. We got should we play Daryl Sutter on Matthew Kachuk? Oh, yes, quick? people yes, are talking yes. about this one. Th this I I okay. Daryl Sutter is in playoff form two days into training camp uh the level of shade that he threw at former flame star matthew kachuk in this clip absolutely legendary uh just before we start the marble race here it is daryl sutter yesterday talking about getting back to camp and uh was uh asked about the uh, difference of tyler Toffoli being on the top line as to the departed matthew kachuk as far as their skill sets, any comparisons between Kachuk and Toffoli? No, one guy's won Stanley Cups. Been a big part of long playoff runs. 
Oh man. It, listen, it is great to have Daryl Sutter back behind the bench. Flames fans certainly were very excited for what he did with the club on the ice last, the last year. Uh, but just from a comedy perspective, um, there's nothing like a Daryl Sutter press conference. And uh, he came out, he came out of the box hot, Remo, as I said, mid-season, maybe playoff form with that scud for the new member of the Florida Panthers. Oh, I know the Matthew Kachuk fan club, not happy about that, but I don't think said, what's the difference? I don't think he said anything not accurate there. Just to be the guy that would point out, well, one guy's won Stanley Cups and been a part of long playoff runs. And we'll just leave it at that. AKA the other guy hasn't done jack shit yet in the National Hockey League and uh, is no longer part of the team and not their concern. Daryl Sutter wants winners on his team. Chris Nielsen in chat says his old coach roasted him and his current coach and Paul Maurice called Matthew Kachuk Bush League years ago for his <laughs> his Achilles stomp on Mark Scheifele. So. Oh, I can't wait to hear Maurice gush about Matthew Kachuk the next time we hear him talk about that. That's the one thing. We're getting all this great Jets content and Canadian team content north of the border. And I have to start paying attention to uh, what's going on with the Panthers to see just see the... Uh, you know, Maurice hypnotize everybody there in uh, South Florida with the uh, the media I've, and whatnot. I, I'll say this: like we're so focused on the Jets here, I have not really paid attention to like any other team. Um, we did have some news, like I was paying attention to the Leafs because like they're unavoidable, and how Milk is their jersey sponsor, which to me is is an odd, odd choice. I'm not really a Milk guy. But I did see Chicago's top line and had a good laugh. Pat Kane on the right side with Max Domi and Taylor Raddett. It's going to be a long year for Chicago. I mean, Arizona's lines. I saw Arizona's lines too, Huss. They were also... They, they were not Connor great. Bedard. Connor Bedard, start looking for condos in either Arizona or Chicago for next season. All right, let's get to it. Um, uh, While well, Remus gets the uh, the marbles up, I'm just going to see what's up in chat. David Asplin, Huss, did you give your thoughts on T-Swift halftime show? That's breaking news to me. Is Taylor Swift doing the Super Bowl halftime this year? I haven't seen that. I know, well, I know the news yesterday was that Apple is now the halftime show sponsor, and for the longest time it was Pepsi. Oh, okay. So I don't know. I haven't heard uh, Taylor Swift. Well, if that... it's the case, I support it. Like, I'm... I'm a little more detached from the music scene than I was earlier in my life, but everyone seems to love Taylor Swift and uh, she's as prolific an artist as we have right now. I think it'll be great engagement for females, younger people. So um, I'm more into the game and listen, last year's, Last year's Super Bowl halftime show raised the bar so high. I don't know what they could do to top that. Um, this will be maybe less right up my alley, but uh, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. And, uh, oh, there it is. Taylor Swift is expected to perform in the 2023 Super Bowl halftime show. Hey, she's a star. The biggest stars come out for the Super Bowl. 
I'm here for it. I, I'm more concerned about Patrick Mahomes starring in the Super Bowl than Taylor Swift, though. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what we'll see what happens in the game against the Colts this weekend, and can't wait to see this Bills Dolphins game at noon as well. All right, Remo, we got to get these pods up, man. Over 400 for the marble race, right on. Hey, folks, just remember subscribe to the channel so you're eligible to win our version of the green jacket. And um, best thing about being subscribed to the channel, of course, it's completely free. If you're not able to join us when we're doing the show live, get onto YouTube later on. Boom. Freshest WST content ready for you at your convenience. Uh, all right. Where are we going today? Well, here, before we go, we got to uh, introduce. Oh, the... exactly. Yes. Yes. How could, how could you forget? Me. I'm so excited for the marbles. Uh, but we don't do marbles until Tristan Rivers says it's time. It's Oh my God, that intro is just, it's so damn good. Um, all right, we got a packed race today, folks. Um, let's, let's, where are we going to go? What are the coils of power, Remo, that just was up there? Have we coils ever done that one before? That, yeah, that's a good one. I would do coils of power. I was thinking convergence. I think that's a good one, too. Okay, well, listen, you're the commissioner of I'm, the Marbles League, so uh, whichever you go. I don't remember coils I'm, of power. I'm here for the coils. We can do coils. All right. Let, let's do coils of power today. Um, all right. Most of you are regulars, but if you... Oh, yeah. Here we go. It looks like a freaking roulette reel. I'm here for this one. Um, this is our marble race. This is how we finish up another great week. A huge week again. Great to have the Jets back and great to have so many people that maybe weren't here as much over the summer back with us for hockey season. If you can, tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk, where to find us, and about how much fun the marble race is. All right, good luck to everyone. First place, we will have a WST hoodie for you. Shout out to Derek Schmidt, who won our biggest one ever last week. Um, and I will just tell you, we're waiting on double XLs. We still have one or two of our sizes between small and XL. Um, so if you do need a double X, we don't have those those ones ready. Rob Kane, we're getting one for you as well. Uh, just hang tight on that. Uh, but without further ado, may the best marble win. Good luck to you all. Let's drop the marbles on Friday on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Yeah, I do not remember this one, Reem. It's been a while, I think, since we the visited the coils, coils of, power. of power. And I love the way this one starts off. With everyone out on the side heading in. Wow, you got like 200 marbles all right beside each other. All right, who's coming out first? Peg City. Oh, Peg City. Oh, we Dude. just had an elimination, I believe. Yeah, that laser's coming out. Watch out early. early. We got lasers. We've got it all. 
Yeah. Mrs. Emus is in first, who said they were at the LC uh, waiting for the marble race before they could go in. They were in the parking lot of the LC. Oh, what <laughs> What an incredible victory that would be. Did Jeff Dirksen somehow get all the way down there ahead of everyone? Yeah, Jeff uh, Doran. Or is he getting sucked up? Oh, oh no, he just got eliminated. All right, we uh, we definitely, this is the Royal Rumble right now. Oh, there goes Peppermint Patty. Bye-bye, Evan Hunter. See ya. Oh, Marty Johnson's out. I'm actually just now watching everyone that's getting uh, getting whacked. Uh, but Mrs. Enos, live from a Manitoba liquor mart, I believe may very well be our leader here, Reap. Yeah, and these coils are just sucking everyone up and spitting them out over the top rope. So a lot of eliminations. Yeah. There is a ton of eliminations. Uh-oh, coils has uh, stymied Mrs. Enos. Brown-eyed girl MJD, longtime WST regular in the mix right now. Lyndon, what's up? Lyndon's in there right now. Eagle eyes. Oh, man, this is going to come right down to it. Oh, man, I'm glad we did this one today. This is, uh, we haven't had a, a look like this for a while. The coils of power. Brennan, Gonzo. Is that Ernie that just took Ernie's an L there? Gone. Yeah, they were Ernie already, uh... decent. Too bad, Ernie. We got some wild sound effects of this one today, too, Reem. This is quite a long one. Oh, I think Rob Kane, well, prior winner, he's still waiting. Rob's still waiting for his double XL hoodie, so not a big deal that he got taken out. Uh, we are we are coming right down to it. All right, here's the stretch. Looks like Kevin Kowalik's in there. Doug Phil in the mix as well. Hacksaw just got taken out. And Kevin Kowalik in an absolute hard stopper with a win in the Friday marble race. Kevin Kowalik. I've seen Kevin in here a long time. I believe Kevin's a member as well. Uh, shout out to everyone that is a member of the Winnipeg Sports Talk channel. Doug, Phil. Oh, was it Bones? Rick Bonus finished second? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bonus. Man, that would, listen, uh, congratulations, Kevin. But would that have been something if Bonus had won? That You want to talk about a guy that's making things happen? He just shows up on Winnipeg Sports Talk, doesn't even know he's in the marble race and finishes second. Absolutely amazing. All right, let's go down the list. Pierogies and Pucks in third. Doug Phil with a strong performance. Larry Eloy's had a number of strong, strong marble races as well. 22 Canuck, Daryl Morosky, Val George, Troll Poet Laureate, and Lyndon Radachenka was our top 10. All right, as because there are side wagers and potentially people getting out of work early based on their performance in the uh, in it, let's roll down. Hey, there's my guy Todd Fertani. Todd, what's up this weekend? Hit me up. 19th overall. Pretty in Pionk. Mike Lay. that Mike? Shout out to Mike Lay, our guy. Huge help for us at WST on many things that we're not very good at. He's been a big, big help. T. Will's in there. Ryan Kibbins, Jay Miller as we continue to go down. How many people finished today? Isha Boy Bruce finished 41st. Oh, he was number 50. 
Chris Mason. Yes, anonymous TSN Jets play-by-play voice yeah. in 50th. <laughs> Number 50. <laughs> Nicely done. iHeart Gaming's in there. Atomic Kong, Todd. Arnie, Scott Arneal. Not quite Bones, who finished second, but pretty good. We know Marty uh, Johnson got thrown over the top rope. JP Vijay was in at 58. Nicely done. Sambo Amp, what's up? Andrew Haleko, Obayo, the, the GFL, 68, Gregory. Not bad, not bad. WSD Hollywood Gremlin, Lake Weiner. There's Bozeman in 77th. I haven't seen Roscoe yet. I think that could be a win for Bozeman. He's 90. Oh, ni- 90, there we go. Pie Boy at Roscoe, big win for Shane or for Shorn today. Mike Wynn, good luck to the Bisons this weekend. Larry's right hand, Les Thompson, Mark Amp, Schickster, Brad Lauer did finish, finished 104. We got down B. Henderson and uh, all the way down to the doctor, Shane Mason, Derek Owner, Winnipeg Jets forever. What's up, Max? This is Enos had that great start. And then, I don't know, maybe took a little too long at the LC or something like that, but uh, 123rd. Winnipeg Chamber. This was a good one. We'll do the uh, we'll do the coils of power again some point. Royal Sports, one hundred and fortieth. Leanne M. And uh, Leonard S. Sean thirty seven at the end, and then a whole bunch of uh, eliminations, including our guy Hacksaw. Wow, great stuff. All right, Kevin, congratulations. As I said, we're you're we're good if we're between S and XL. If you need a double X. We, uh, you're going to need to wait a little bit, but send us an email, winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. I'll hit you up, and uh, we can make some arrangements to get you your uh, your jersey. Travis, thanks for the super chat, man. Great stuff. Folks, Um, we'll try and get out to FanFest tomorrow. If you see the gang down there, make sure to say hi. And then, uh, oh, man, I cannot wait. Tuesday night, next week, we're back at the rink for some preseason hockey and just a couple weeks away from the start of a season. And uh, you know what? I, I was hoping this would happen. A lot of excitement, a lot of optimism uh, going into this season. We'll see what happens on the ice, of course, but uh, been a pretty fun couple days around the Winnipeg Jets training camp. Can't wait to see what they've got for us at FanFest tomorrow. And of course, next week when training camp continues and more preseason games. Preseason opener, though, of course, on Sunday night taken on the Edmonton Oilers. Great week, folks. Hey, if you haven't already, obviously I've mentioned this before, subscribe to the channel. If you're watching us on YouTube, get on wherever you get podcasts and get the Winnipeg Sports Talk in your feed as well with a free sub. And tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk where they can get the best daily Winnipeg Jets and Winnipeg Sports content and have a bunch of fun with myself and Michael Remus right here. Um, Thanks to all the sponsors that make this show happen. Good luck to the Winnipeg Ice in their opening game tomorrow in Brandon. Thanks to Munzee for popping on and great stuff from Friday regulars Ken Weeb and Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Folks, have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday afternoon, 1 p.m., right here on Winnipeg Sports. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.